Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, guys, just finished the pod. 9.23 on the atomic clock here in Vegas. It was a, not a long pod, but it was a contemplative pod, if that's the right way to say it, in that we didn't love a lot of games. We didn't. And we really talked them through, and we found one we really like. So to me, this is one if you're someone that likes to sit and really think about these concepts, and we went back and forth on them with Fez and Brad, I think you'll like this one. If you're high energy, you want just pick, 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 well, we remember, we have the pick at it, all right, which comes out about a day later. Here's what I know. We're moving towards the halfway mark of the NFL season. We're at 60% in the Super Contest. We had a two- and three-week last week, 60% though on this season. That is about as good as you can hope for. We just got to hope to get lucky with a few games and get us to that last you know, leaderboard in the second half. But, hey, you go sixty over 60% in year one and – 60% half a year, too, you're uh, in a different place. It's one that is, we certainly are an underdog to be at. Anyone is. So we're proud and happy, and we're going to keep doing it. But you know something? One of the things that makes the Super Contest the hardest, one line. It comes out Wednesday, so it helps, but one line. It's so much harder. Oh, I want to take seven. Yeah, six and a half. If you have the seven, you can bet it. If you bet it six and a half... It's almost impossible to win in the long term. If the market says it's in between, you got to get the better number. How do you do it? More outs. What out do spends money with Podcast One? Help support the show? Bet DSI. Now, does Bet DSI just rest on those laurels? No. They are giving, and this is based on the promo code Bell101. BetDSI.com, 100% bonus match. We don't know when that ends, but what we know is as long as it's available, to take advantage of it makes finding a new book literally uh, a free roll effectively because you get a chance to bet that bonus in a way that at the end of the turnover, at the end of the point where you can withdraw the bonus element of it, you can withdraw your money anytime, the bonus element, you would know if you like BetDSI or not. And if you do, then you've added an out. And that is so valuable. And if you don't, Well, in theory, with a theoretical hold, like a drunk baby flipping coins, the bonus is gone, but you haven't lost the other anything else. So it's a free roll. Now, if you win more than 50% than a drunk baby, then you actually win from that bonus turnover. And listen, if you hit 40%, that happens. But what are you going to do? You're supposed to lose. There's something you're supposed to lose if you hit 40. But what you're really going for here is can you get another out that you like? And if you do, super valuable. Difference between plus seven and plus six and a half. And that is all the difference in the sports betting world. On to the show. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right, week eight NFL podcast dream preview with my wise guy roundtable. To my left, Brad Powers, zero sleep. We love, 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 love weakened participants. Steve Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion. I'm RJ Bell. Guys, 
this card, we're starting late. So for those that don't like the longer pods, you're going to feel good that we're going to, you know, have to be succinct. But on the other hand, I think this can be a little different type of pod in that I'd say I like less games than any week so far this year. Uh, last week, boy, we got rid of some losers, right? We had, uh, Fez, you had obviously Seattle. Didn't look good. Didn't play it. I had the Rams at one. Didn't play it. And mm. we were talking before the show. Why is it that our percentage of plays we're changing is up this year? Now, we are at 60% on the season, even after two and three weeks. So first off, we would have bet, open bet to any team in the world Around, what, 56.8, I think we agreed, Faz, we would bet anyone? Yes, and we're still waiting to hear. Yeah, well, we didn't put it out there as strong mm. this year. So let's, you know, but let's just say historically it hasn't been the case. I would not bet us over 56.8, would you? I would not. So we're ahead of the game. That said, I want to understand why we're making more changes. I'm not sure yet. Brad, you had an interesting theory about so, uh, so many big lines because of the bottom feeders this year and all the bad teams, that, that maybe that's the driver. Yeah, so a lot of huge point spreads this year. Which and, we tend to shy away from because exactly as much as you think, oh, dog opportunities, if you actually look, when you get up above 14.5, the favorites do pretty well. Yeah, but how often do you want to be laying more than two touchdowns in the NFL? That's a catch for yes. too. Because instinctually, <laughs> you know, the duct tape around my shoes, <laughs> yeah. you know, if there is any, it starts, I feel, getting tight. So, <laughs> and you know, fast, he'll fight you to the death. Oh, yeah. Closing line value. So fake Fezzik might make an appearance or two if Fez warrants it. So on one hand, what we're going to tell you is I don't love these plays this week. But on the other hand, there'll probably be more interesting conversation because they're not as obvious to us this week. And what I'm going to start doing is I've been sending the picks out Sunday closer to noon Eastern. I like people anticipating. I like, I like, I like uh, to feel the swell of the nation, eh, a portion of the nation. But since there is going to be, it seems, more changes, I'm going to go earlier. So if I get up nice and early, if I plan on it, I'll put it out right when I get up. Or I'll actually set an auto. Send. You can actually auto send for some time, you know, in the, let's say, 8. You know, let's assume it's, I'm going to gun for the 9 o'clock Eastern range. So a nice four hours before the game. Mm. So if you are waiting on our picks, you know, there you go, because there might be some changes. And we got to do what's best for the pot. Now, what you can be sure of is we're batting everything we give you. But it brings up another point. The pod is a snapshot in time, and it's all it can be. How could it be anything else? I can't tell. I can't help you guys bet what I didn't bet or what I bet on Sunday night, you know, look ahead a week. I, how can you bet, you know? I can't do a special little pod. I guess I could. It just doesn't make practical sense. I can't tell you what I'm going to think tomorrow. I can only give you the, the purest honesty I've got, like, like, red, like a red flame, just pure. That's all I can do. That's all we can do. And the fact that we're, I guess in a weird way, the, the fact we're 60%, we should be celebrating but I don't want there to even be the sense that anyone's not getting exactly what they deserve. We're giving you exactly our best effort. And I can promise you, 
I mean, there was a Fox thing today that they were going to, fl- I mean, this is the absolute truth. And I mean, you could say, oh, George Bryant. No, I'm telling you the commitment that I've got to this pod, especially the NFL, which is Fox was flying, you know, as, as one of the daytime guys, and there's only a handful of them, flying me in for, or it wasn't the force, is the Ritz. I was going to stay at the Ritz, a day of golf and meeting the sponsor. So meet, yeah, here's the guy from Procter & Gamble, you know, the VP. It's like, that sounds pretty fun, right? Especially the Ritz. Now, because it was today. So how am I going to do the podcast? Now, I could have said, well, you could have done two on Tuesday. Okay, it would have been a day early, and a lot of people would have been mad, right? And I, I don't mind making people mad if I think it's legit. And that would have been. But to me, I, don't, I couldn't have been ready. I can't. I, you, on Tuesday, I'm not ready. Right? I'm just not. So here I am. Doesn't mean that we're going to win, that I'm trying, but you, sh- you, sh- you guys should have no doubt how much we're trying. Showtime! Woo! All right, Faz, we do the same thing. First pick is yours, best bats. That Seattle game. What, what was your takeaway from that game? You know, I watched the entire game, and even though Seattle gave up two defensive touchdown scores, losing by 14, Seattle was clearly the wrong side. And here's my number one takeaway. We talked about that Baltimore defense being bad. That Baltimore defense stepped it up and shut down Russell Wilson. They held Russell Wilson. Well, Russell Wilson's not very good. Russell Wilson's great. I don't believe he's great. I don't. Hmm. I don't. Well, he wasn't great this past Sunday when he completed less than 50% of his passes for the first time this year or last year. I, I want someone to give me. Now, listen, obviously, over a short, I think he's had a pretty good season. I want to see, I want to understand how he's great. So, I mean, I'm saying it's an open invite because it strikes me that good batters are the type that will scoff at the old school ESPN culture, which was chicks dig the long ball. It's slam dunks. You know, the old school guys back in the late 80s, early 90s were mad at the way ESPN was affecting the way we thought about sports. Isn't Russell Wilson like the love child of Dominique Wilkins and I'm not sure who, when it comes to like, oh, he's got that play, Fran Tarkenton, voids his touchdown. Okay, what's his freaking stats? Like, nice play. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't have special talent, but is he an elite or is he a top three quarterback? This year he is. Okay, fine. So his whole career he wasn't, but now he is. Yes. So could, let me think, in how many games have they played? Seven? Seven. All right, so small sample. Seven games that is in contrast to his career. Is that likely that he's taken a step as he's moving towards thirty, if not past thirty? How old is he? Thirty, Clo- closing on thirty. Yep, thirty. Right. Thirty. Yep. Is is that when he's stepping up? Maybe, or is this sample size a little skewed? Small sample size. I agree. So you agree with me? Yes. He's not, but except we were debating on straight out of Vegas, who the best quarterbacks of the century were and I said the only people in the conversation with Mahomes being a caveat not enough sample the people in the conversation in my opinion was Brady Manning Rodgers and again I I didn't have Rodgers as high as those two and Big Ben and and I said no one else is in the conversation I don't think Eli is obviously I don't think Philip Rivers is I'm not sure who else. You know, I, I certainly don't think Andrew Luck, may God rest his soul, be <laughs> hashtag RIP. I don't think that he is. So, and you said Russell Wilson. 
right? Well, we had our debate on that, and it did not play out well for me. So Because there's no numbers, but it's all yeah. these gut feelings with this guy. And Colin likes it. He's well-dressed, you know, or whatever. And that's fine, but Colin's such an advocate of him. Brad, you said, huh, like you had a big contrary point. What is it? We can challenge it for next week. I'm yeah, like, no, I'll take. Come the, in with I'll the, take the challenge. I'll take the challenge. All right. So when Steve did and, and fell short, you had it. You were hiding all the the pearls of wisdom. No, I just let you beat up on him. Ah, so you could have saved him at any yeah, time. Yeah, I didn't. I oh, that, let that, him drown. You know, you're setting yourself up yeah. for a fall for next I week. <laughs> I here's what I promise. I won't do one second of research. Okay. I'll just knock down what you're because in all a way right. you've got to. You're the one that's got to make the case. Absolutely. He's in the conversation with, with, with uh, Big Ben. Yep. And remember, if you're comparing him to anyone that's not a true contemporary where their careers overlap, you've got to adjust those stats for the, for the league. Yep. Right? Because you can't look and say, well, Big Ben hasn't thrown for this many yards. No, no, no. And we also got to put in the fact that the reality is that, well, you know, listen, actually with one win – it's hard to say that Super Bowls or lack thereof is the problem because at his age, having one is ahead of the game. Yeah. The Big Ben had two at this point. No big deal. <laughs> All right. Unless Coach calls a run play instead of a pass play. Oh, but, but boy, you sound, whoo, you know. Yeah, that's square. Hmm. <laughs> and, and you would say, what, Mendenhall doesn't fumble, Ben has three. I don't even want to think about yeah. that game. <laughs> You know what's funny? I was just watching, Brad, a letterman where Belichick was on after the Seattle Super Bowl. It was like the next week. And Letterman goes, and you know, smart guy, but he's not a football guy. He goes, Why didn't that coach for Seattle run the ball? And Belichick looked at him. He it was all fun. He goes, Anyone that questions Pete Carroll as a coach, you know, he was like just admonishing them. Like, we have no idea what they saw. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm pretty sure he wanted to win that game. Yeah. Right? So to me, the, the genius move was Belichick not calling the timeout. I mean, that is one of the most br- – because one of his basic premises is that any plan you've got that can't stand the heat of battle. It's almost like on the radio. If you're a host, there's a certain amount – you can't have a lot of dead air or any – you're not supposed to have any dead air, but – so if you got something that you won't, would do that's going to take 10 seconds in between, you better have some plan to fill those 10 seconds. And if you don't, you can't do it. But people would say, why don't they do this? Why you know, people like watch Jeopardy. So I could be, do you realize almost everyone's pressing the button every time yeah. on Jeopardy and you're probably four seconds behind and you're thinking you'd get it and, <laughs> and you're mispronouncing the name yeah. and you're assuming you got it. I mean, it's like, it's like golf. They can't move the ball. There's no winter rules. And, you know, so, but you know that. Why'd you buy, what, what was that I don't about? know, man. That was square. <laughs> I'll try right. not to be square when I bring my presentation. <laughs> it's still going to lose. A week versus off the cuff. Yeah. And I'm a major underdog. <laughs> All right. So here's what we'll do is let's get to the game itself that you like, Steve. I like Tampa Bay plus two and a half against the Tennessee Titans. Go ahead. And the reason strength of schedule Tampa Bay has played a schedule of teams that have won almost two-thirds of their games. San Francisco, Carolina twice, New Orleans, and, of course, the New York Giants. So the, against Carolina, when was those games? Was it with the flipper or with? Week two, Cam. Okay, which was wor- the worst, Cam. Yes. So we probably don't want to overvalue Carolina there, do we? We don't. But somehow you let that slide. 
Though I'm sure if the, it was reversed, you would have said, and here's the thing about Carolina, right? <laughs> Good point. Good but point. it was a Thursday night road game, short week, which is usually a negative for the road team. In that case, okay. Tampa Bay. Excellent, Brad. Good Thank point, you. Brad. Bailed me out there. In Tennessee, their opponents have a winning percentage of 357, which include the likes of Jacksonville, Atlanta, Denver, and the Chargers. So basically, we've had two teams. And if you look at the stats, Tampa Bay's stats are actually slightly better. If you look at just from a pure yards per play, Tampa Bay has a net differential of zero. Tennessee is minus 0.3, despite Tennessee playing a clear cut. You cannot argue much easier schedule. So I'm going to make the case Tampa Bay is the better team. They're getting ten, two and a half, and Tennessee only has a two point home field advantage. Also, Tampa Bay is off of a bye on the road. And, RJ, you did some yeoman's research on this, discovering that um, the best time to have a bye was off of a bye is to be on the road where teams, if you blindly bet them, cover 54.5%. So that was one, uh, actually, McKenzie, new researcher for pregame.com, was the guy leading the way with that one. But true enough is home buys are at least statistically meaningless. And we're not talking against the spread now. We're talking about results and road teams benefit. And to me, the rationale is, is, is fairly logical, but I don't know if it's this. When you have a long, long vacation and then you do something familiar at the end, lax of days, being a little lax makes more sense. If you know that on whatever day they're traveling, Thursday, Friday, I don't know. When do NFL teams typically travel? I don't know. That's fascinating. See, it goes to show you how players really benefit. Uh, their knowledge because a player is going to know that instantly. Right. Mm -hmm. And to some degree, it's funny, Steve, for the guy that's had more theories about travel, you think that you'd have that one you would have considered at some point. I'm guessing they're at least there one night. I I was thinking Saturday morning that they fly up, but I wasn't hundred percent certain. So I didn't want to. First of all, you're not certain at all. Not certain at all. Because you have no, you have no knowledge about it. Right. You would be, you're saying you would guess Saturday morning. Yes. That sounds like a right guess to me. We'll see. Brad's looking it up. Here's my counterpoint, because I don't love this pick. My counterpoint is the Titans just had a season-saving win. The Titans look better without Mariota. Isn't this the best Titans team? Meaning that they're motivated and they've got the superior quarterback. Well, that's interesting because I didn't think they had the superior quarterback, but his performance was exceptional against the Chargers. Tannehill's was. Didn't you up? Didn't you upgrade Tennessee with Tannehill? I did not. Oh, you had it. Flat. I had him flat, but I was in the minority there. All right, so the market upgraded him, and then after the right. game, you've got to consider it an upgrade, right? Yes. You got anything? It's not like an official article, but every the three articles I read Thursday or Friday, Thursday night or Friday morning seemed early to me. Wow, okay. We'll look into that. We'll put McKenzie on it. But, you know, this is where, you know, actually McKenzie's got some connections in the NFL family-wise. Might be just a tax. I don't know if he wants to say, so we'll wait and tell you guys. But uh, that's interesting. All right. So I actually am starting not to like this game. All the stats had, obviously, Mariota. Tannehill, let's be clear, Gase has turned out to be not a good coach as far as I can see. Does anyone want to really defend Gase? No. And when Gase and Tannehill both were there, so meaning Gase with his starting quarterback, they were above 50%. I mean, you saw the stats every year coming in that were Mm -hmm. saying, here's a reason to be optimistic. 
and for Miami, but they never could, you know, keep him healthy. So I don't want to bet Tennessee for the season, but he just has to stay healthy for one game, right? Yeah, and he just came off a 300-yard passing performance his first since 2016 for him. I think there'd be a lot of excitement. I mean, for someone who motiv- talks about motivation so much, this feels like the motivation spot of all motivation spots. Well, I think you could make the case that last week against the Chargers was an even better motivation spot. Right? How? They didn't know how good the backup quarterback would be? They they were I mean I think they certainly were somewhat motivated to save their season but once you save your season now you got to win right yes so I don't know what you're saying I'm not I'm not saying last week didn't have some motivation I'm saying at minimum it's equal motivation this week right I I just think that the first game when you switch quarterbacks and you've been unhappy with your quarterback is where I expect to get the maximum but then, extra motivation. And, and you thought it was flat. So you might, so under that theory, you thought Tannehill was a significantly worse quarterback. Or you would have had a net upgrade when mm. you count the team reaction. I should have counted well, I know the team you reaction, should have. yes. But, but I, I was commenting just on the on the, the, the value of both the quarterbacks <clears throat> and generically. BS. You no, know, I, no, this bullshit, dude. You never do that. You always, with Jones, every time, if there's a team element that you think there is, you'll mention it. The fact that you didn't mention it speaks that you didn't think there was, not that you forgot or that you neglected you're right. to. You're right. <laughs> so now let's let's examine this game under this new uh, lens. You got the better quarterback. I mean, I, I guess you got the bucks off the bye. I like that. But what do you think, Brian? I, it's tough I'm for me. I'm being a press in the button. Yeah, it's tough for me to to bet on Tampa Bay. I mean, Jameis Winston is so high variance. I mean, not it doesn't matter who the coach is now. You can't blame Dirk Cutter. You got a, a quarterback guru, sort of say, Bruce Arians, who's very well respected. And the, the turnover issues are still the issue. Five interceptions, career high in his latest game. That's now 86 turnovers for Winston in five years, by far more than anybody in the NFL during that time period. And Winston's starting, right? Yes. He's starting. Yeah, I just I'm concerned on that. Now I will say on your behalf, and I guess this is more this word could be more art than science, you could say, hey, Tennessee, because we played this out on the straight out of Vegas show, Tennessee very fortunate to come away with the win last week. Wouldn't you normally say faulty five yeah. probably should have lost to the Chargers? But here's the thing, I don't think this line that only matters when the way the game goes dictates the line. And it's hard to imagine that the Titans at two and a half is somehow inflated true right because even yeah. if you assume yeah. tennessee doesn't have a great home field right where do you have tennessee's home field two so i mean two two and a half i'm not even sure how how to measure between that so the point i'm making is is a blow average home this is assuming these are even teams and football what does football outsider say and i also want to look at no, isn't one of our basic premises – go ahead. Sam. Football Outsiders has Tampa Bay 16, Tennessee 26. 26. Now that's strong. Why don't you leave with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still don't like it, but I don't want to press the other – I don't want to go against it. I mean, here's what I know. Tampa Bay was really liked by the markets – Tampa Bay was only three at New Orleans a couple weeks ago. Then they went and played Carolina. They lost easy. So that's a tie. So they were off the Rams win, right? So they won as nine and a half point underdogs at L.A. And nothing fluky, legit win. 
Agreed. They went in to New Orleans. Line was three and a half. Got bet to three. People. Pros are moving lines, taking Tampa Bay to get it to three. They lose. Clean, you know, clean loss. Wasn't dominated, but lost. My thought was, okay, Tampa, you know, again, the Saints just snake bite me at least lately. They go to London and they get, you know, dominated. Fair, I think it's fair to say. That's when I kind of checked out. But it seems like Carolina, if we really look at them, they're good. I mean, I got one of the guys from the Ringers NFL pod, he's like, Carolina, if you just had quarterbacks, or I'm sorry, check this, you had the same quarterback for every team. Mm. So quarterback's a non-issue. Is Carolina a top five team? His point was generally yes. They have a great roster. I can't decide how good the third linebacker is for Green Bay, but as you know, as much as Allen Flipper looks to me like he's decent, there's nothing that he's doing that seems all that special, right? He's a he's a he's a, a poor man's Alex Smith at best, right? Yep. Yeah, I think that's a good description. That fumbles. Yeah, poor man's Alex Smith with flippers instead of hands. So he fumbles every game. Ten and three-eighths inches, or no, nine and three-eighths inches. So I, I guess I just don't know if I should jump off Tampa yet. But I know that when you throw five interceptions and someone's almost out of the league, I mean, the big story on ESPN today, we're taping on Wednesday at the pregame.com studios, was a picture of Winston and Marietta and saying, where did it go wrong? Or like, you know, like these guys are all pretty much out of the league borderline. And when you have your worst game ever, if you're a good quarterback, you get conservative, you focus on protecting. For Winston, it's it's called Sunday when he has a bunch of interceptions, right? Yeah. So in general, do you think having a bad game helps him? I think it might demoralize him. Demoralize him. What do you think? Because he struggled so much in the past, you wonder if it's going to get into his head. Yeah. And then he throws one, and that becomes one after another. What's your write down your second best pick? So, Brad, we're gonna go to you next. Ladies and gentlemen, please hold all tickets. The stewards have posted the inquiry sign. All right, so this is gonna be like a bonus potentially, where we could make this one the pick, Steve. But I think there's a chance your number, your second's gonna be better. So we're gonna go to Brad. All right, I'm going best bet Kansas City here, and, and to me, number one handicap is a play against Green Bay. Why? Green Bay has played more home games than any other team in the National Football League so far this season. Five. So why is that valuable? Oh, okay. They played more home games. Well, when you play two more home games than most teams in the NFL, keep in mind, that's an extra three and a half points to four points in Green Bay's case uh, of extra value that's placed upon that team. So times two, an extra seven or eight points that Green Bay's stats are going to be better because they're playing at home. And, oh, yeah, by the way, how does Green Bay do on the road historically? The great Aaron Rodgers, a 500 quarterback on the road straight up. To me, Andy Reid, I know there's a lot of stuff out there about him being a great coach off a bye. Kansas City's not off a bye, but they are off a Thursday game. And the fact that Andy Reid has a couple extra days to prep for this game with a backup quarterback, I like the Chiefs here plus the four. That's a solid handicap. I know, Fez, that's one of the games you've been talking about on SOV. Let's talk about the Mahomes adjustment, which you think offers extra value. Yeah, so Mahomes, 100% healthy, is eight points better than Matt Moore. And the market's adjusted this game seven and a half points, not eight. 
So it looks like, oh, did the markets under-adjust? The look-ahead line here was Kansas City minus 3.5. And, and that's important to realize. The reference point is the look-ahead line. Right. So the look-ahead line was Kansas City minus 3.5. Now Kansas City's plus 4. So only a 7.5-point adjustment. They didn't adjust enough, the markets. Well, actually, I think that they adjusted too much because the look-ahead line already was based upon that Mahomes with the, that ankle injury being compromised and Kansas City had already, we'd seen their numbers go down by two and a half to three points on the point spread. So in other words, at that point, the compromised Mahomes was only five points better than Matt Moore. In a way, it seems like they missed this. As smart as the market is, this seems to be a reoccurring theme. When Cam Newton went out, it was a similar thing. Yeah, the game against Arizona when Flipper came in, right. <laughs> is The idea was that Cam was banged up, wasn't playing well, and also there was a chance he wasn't even going to play that second game. So the line was kind of floating in between the two prices. Then it ended up moving like six points. Yeah, Carolina was minus three, and they moved all the way to plus three. I guess they saw that hand measurement on Flipper, and they said, we don't want <laughs> But again, let's give the guy credit. I think this is a beautiful and, – and, and this is not public. You're not going to play Kansas City the first game after Mahomes yep. is out, right? But the fact – if he was out for the season, I wouldn't be anxious at all to play this because I think the teams would be, like, very, very, very demoralized. I agree. In this case, the fact that all the news from the moment he went down and, and it looked like a major injury, it's gone as well as it could have. Yep. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's good for the spirits of the Chiefs and also the whole Andy Reid buy connection. It's all priced in now with his history on the buy, but this is a half a buy yeah. effectively. And if there's any time he's going to need the time, it's to draw special things up for Matt Moore. Yep. And you've got Matt Moore as a top 10 backup. I do. And, you know, one point what you made with Brad the, as far as all the home games, Green Bay's actually played three more games at home. They played five home, two away. So they, they've got a surplus of three games. So it's actually. Well, hold on. Five and two. So it should be three and a half, right? Well, it's like playing four games to four games cancel. And then there's a three extra three games at home. So that's like 12 points of home field skewed into your favor. But now, let's go through this again. How, how are you figuring this? Five games at home. All right, so here's what I, if he's playing five games at home. Two on the road. Green so that Bay. means he should have paid three and a half at home out of seven. I, I was thinking about two, two at home, two on the road. Okay. And then you get three well, more. Hold on, hold on. That's how I was thinking. Two at home, two on the road. That's four games out of the seven. And then you would have had three more. But I, I guess I'm just, I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and obviously there's, someone's missing something. I mean, this is something in the heat of the moment isn't obvious. But if you play seven games and and you play half your games at home, there should be three and a half at home, right? Yes. And you had five. So it's a one and a half point adjustment or one and a half game adjustment. Yeah. What am I doing wrong here? Because after, obviously, after two homes and two roads, this. We're right where we expect to be, and then three straight home games should be four yeah, points. But remember, amongst those three games, half only half of them half of them should be home. Oh, okay. Right. I, I got listen, it now. Listen, yep. we all I didn't see that clearly when you were doing it. I mean, listen. By the way, I mean we never do this. Steve has a little bit of a headache, so I'm going to be extra gentle with him today. He's gotten through, and we all know. And I'm more like this than anyone. When I'm even a little sick, I I feel like I'm dropping off the face of the earth with my brain, which makes me think. That when I'm older, I'm not gonna. I, I, I might have to get very rich. 
<laughs> and then I can just deal with the world. Because I get <laughs> I get just as frustrated when I'm sick, but I'm not any better. So when you're better and you get frustrated, I, you know, you kind of can see it. <laughs> Maybe not as much as I get frustrated. But if you're not better and you get frustrated, Katie bar the door, as they would say. <laughs> I do think one of the road games, too, was very favorable for Green Bay. Remember, they got uh-oh, to open uh-oh. the season at Chicago. Remember that? So anyone who's been to that game in Chicago knows that it's one-third of the stadium is Packer Are we fans. really saying that a road game in Chicago is favorable? For Green Bay, <laughs> The yes. place they just dismantled the Rams last year. Well, it was 10 degrees in golf. Oh, that, there's a difference, <laughs> right? I would say the following, though I wouldn't say it because it's a waste of time. Uh-oh. Special guest. Here's what you're failing to consider. (laughs) What is one of the struggles with travel? It's the amount of preparation time. When do you have the most preparation time? First game of the season. Road game isn't really like a road game early. Why? Because you can do your whole preseason getting ready for that as your start date. Overlord, why didn't you realize that? That's good. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It's almost like he invented Frankenstein. Yep. And then he, he was watching me like closer than he's ever watched yeah. me before, trying to figure where I was coming from. And then I saw the light of recognition in his eyes. He's like, I see it. Yep. Is that true, Fed? It was. <laughs> now that I could make a yeah. case. Though the numbers don't back it up. I've studied it saying road game for you know, road teams week one just doesn't have any difference. I mean, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of games, obviously, wow. over many years. But that wouldn't stop you, Steve, because you wouldn't even do the research. You just say it. <laughs> does seem like the Super Bowl champ when they open up on Thursday always. Uh, yeah, but that's another know. emotional yeah. thing too. Oh, that okay, but that wasn't the case this year. No, obviously because yeah. New England, they were tired in New England hosting <laughs> yeah. the game. I guess New England gets to post their own rules. Apparently, well, no, I. Th- that's interesting. You would think the team. You think Belichick didn't want? It wasn't Belichick's decision. I think mm. what it was was. I mean, they still got the Sunday night, right? So, no, the, what it was this year, it's the 100, 100, yeah. 100 year. They oh, wanted like yeah. the one of the rivalries of the NFL, uh, and it's the Bears, you know, Packers. The fact that we that we <laughs> aren't sure about that probably means they didn't do a great job of yes. promoting that one. Yeah. But I, I remember hearing that. Yeah. All right, so I tell you this, I'd be shocked unless we hear some bad, bad things if we don't use Brad's this week as part of the mix. So kudos, Brad. Though you did have the Giants. I I know. I apologize. The funny thing, listen, I'm going to pull back the curtain here a little Uh bit, is I I hadn't given any thought to the Giants at all. He comes in, Brad, he lays out his handicap. I'm going, wow, that's good. And I'm like, and I said it on air. I'm going, I'm probably looking to play that. I end up using the Giants everywhere, right? Because it made sense. I mean, I improved the handicap, but it was generally what Brad said. <laughs> yeah. Then, no crap on Friday. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio, 6 Eastern, five days a week. But this was Friday's show. It's called Pick Palooza. We just get picks the whole show, an hour. Fez has, I go, Fez, what's your pick? Like, we're, you know, I, I tend to show up a little late. Like, it's like 10 minutes, six minutes before we go on air. And I'm like, Fez, what do you got? I got the Giants. I'm like, what? That's Brad's pick. I mean, it's like he, in a way, he's so shameless. You got to appreciate it. Yep. I mean, what were you thinking at the time? Eh. 
Like par for the course? Yeah. Seriously, I, what was going through I your mind? I hate saying this because this is going to be, you're going to like this, Fez. I think this whole talk about who was copying off of who last year, mm, maybe we're starting to get to the real truth. <laughs> I don't think that. You're, you're on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, am, I, I am just listening to Brad Powers early in the week on yeah. any radio hit to try That's to a, figure out what NFL sides he's on. A little too sardonic there, yeah. Steve. Oh, good Keep word. Stealing. Wheeling, dealing, limousine, riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Pick stealing. <laughs> hey, in a way, though, the sh- like his clients don't care. Like, he, no. give me, listen, give me, give me winners. Like, we have a pro that wins a ton and everyone hates him because they don't understand how he wins. Like, he doesn't do a lot of analysis. I'm like, who cares? It could be astrology if he's winning mm-hmm. over hundreds of plays. And the statistics are starting to exert themselves. I don't care. I don't. And if he's stealing plays, it's not really stealing. you got a fiduciary responsibility to your clients, right? Hey, tag that, please. (laughs) (laughs) You sounded like the Fonz trying to say fiduciary. Mm. You go, fiduciary. I mean, have you ever heard it pronounced like that? Tag it, tag it. (laughs) You did sound like the Fonz. That was awesome. Like it was like Henry yeah. Wrinkler trying to not be the Fonz, yeah. but he still has that little accent. Yeah. yeah, Milwaukee. All right, good stuff, Brad. My pick, and I can't lie, this is probably the pick I like least of my best bets this year on the pod. But I'm going to Indy Colts. Now, what concerns me is that it feels like I'm chasing my tail because I went Fez liked Indy. I mean, if anyone had more to do with us having a two and three week this week, it was probably me. So, Fez, I certainly avoided the Seattle loser, but I don't think with the line we would have played it anyway. The last year when we had a chance of 640000 we laid three and a half when the market was three on uh, Pittsburgh at home against the Chargers. But let's set that aside for a minute. Fez's best bet that he wouldn't let go of on Friday. Who knows if we would have won the whole thing, right? I don't know. I don't blame you personally, publicly, I mean, but... They were up in that game like 16. Yeah, I it's great. That. Great yeah. story. Yeah, I know. But you know what I'm thinking? You bet it at three. Yeah. Right? You didn't lay the extra most important hook in the freaking world. The most important hook since Captain Hook. Jeez. <laughs> that was all right. <laughs> all that said, I was off. I looked at the numbers, and, and I thought that Houston was just a lot better. What we're seeing is, and I think this is connected to Philadelphia, what we're seeing is that Frank Reich is a great coach. Great might be strong. He's an amazingly inventive coach on his way to greatness. And I feel like they're not the type of team that's going to be lack. You can't have Jacoby Brissett and Andrew Luck be retired and this team be lackadaisical. But let's look at their games, right? As much as we could say, oh, Kansas City uh, wasn't playing as well, you actually look at the DVOA on the game level. Kansas City played really well when they did get beat by Houston. This team wasn't and, – and then look how dominant they were without Mahomes. I mean, this Kansas City team's not bad. To win that game, impressive. And then they had a bye, and then they dominate Houston. I mean, Houston had no chance in that game, right, Fez? Yep. Houston had their chances. They I, did. I didn't say they didn't have their chance. I'm saying watching the way the game played out. Indy should have won the game, and they did. Yeah, I mean, it was a nice – I mean, 
decisive. Maybe that's our new word. It will be less than dawn. It was a decisive one. Give me the scenario that Houston wins that game. Well, from memory, I think it was 28-16, so Indy was in control. Houston got a touchdown to get down five, and or actually four, I think, and then Indy got a field goal. Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm incorrect. Indy took a safety at the very end of the game, so I believe there was one chance for Watson to drive for a game-winning drive, but they put pressure on him, and he never really threatened. So they had the ball within one score. One They're down point. five, at w- only at the at the end of the game, and they were unsuccessful. Houston was. There's hardly a game that in the fourth quarter that a team doesn't have a chance to win. So, not dominant, but decisive. Yeah, and Houston wound up. I, I remember now. Houston wound up with like fourth and long from their own two. RJ and they actually took an intentional safety, I believe. So to me. Who did they have the week before uh, KC? They lost the Raiders. That was a bad performance. That was the injury game. How bad was it, though? They didn't have T.Y. I mean, what I'm saying, oh, they were very injured. Yeah, they didn't have T.Y., they didn't have Mack, and they didn't have Darius Leonard. So were there any injuries to the Colts in the game against Houston that are cause for concern? No. All right. So really what we're saying is this Colts team, when they've been healthy, has been mighty good. Yep. Yes. I believe this Denver, I the reason I'm a little worried is the line seems short. It's like who if you ask people on the street who wouldn't lay five and a half? Yep. That concerns me, but I think the Sharps are outsmarting themselves here. I think that Denver in the most generous assessment five and a half's right. And that still probably isn't accounting for the fact the Colts if you take out the Colts performances when they're really banged up then they're still more than five and a half here, even if you take Denver at face value, right? Because, I mean, how good have they been when they're not banged up the Colts? They've been great. Yep. Yes. So that's one. And that actually, now more I think about this, the more I like this. That makes me like the Colts. But then here, what's the chances that Denver trading Sanders, and we know we he's lost from the field. He's not on the field. Is that big? No, I don't know. But he's in their numbers, which is, you know, supposedly the driver of this five and a half. And then you look at Chubbs in a lot of their numbers, right? And then you look and say, what's the chances that Denver's in a dream crusher spot? They're starting to sell off their assets. Yep. And this is a team that's not used to this, though they're fairly used to it, but they still seem to remember they want a super. Hey, I, it's like the guy who's off Broadway. He's got a little uh, janitor's closet for his dressing room, and he's walking out saying, I once opened up on Broadway. Okay, maybe, but you're here now. Yep. And Denver is here now, but but Vaughn Miller remembers winning Super Bowls or a Super Bowl being in two. I just don't – I think of all the teams in the NFL, Fez, I think the team that's been the most mercurial when it comes to motivation where they've they've – been prone to letdowns off of losing. Pittsburgh's been up or down for just whatever reason. But when they lose, they seem to give up quicker, Denver, than any team. Yeah, certainly the case last year. Remember they were 6-6 six and six and we were all talking about how Denver is a, a wild, uh, has a decent chance to make the playoffs. As soon as they dropped that game to go to 6-7 and seven, and now it was a, a, such a long shot, they, they lose their next three games. So to recap, I think we have a small edge because... And, and let me finish the point. There's two scenarios. One is if the Broncos are fully motivated, I still think we have a small edge because the at worst, 
the Broncos, fully motivated, don't have Sanders, don't have Chubb. So they're worse than their numbers. The Colts are better than their numbers because of all the cluster injuries in a couple of games, right? Yes. And then I think there's a real chance, 50% Denver's motivation is a question. Yep. And I think Reich makes a letdown less likely. He's not a letdown. I mean, good coaches just don't let down a game you're only favored by five and a half. Yep. It's one thing if we're 14. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the Colts. I like it more than when I started. Fez? I agree. You've, you have swayed me on this game. Initially, I leaned to Denver because of the situational spot that you get embarrassed on national TV, and now you've got 10 days to stew about it. But let's face it, maybe just Denver isn't very good, period. Like, you look at that Kansas City game, and that was just a beatdown. Denver had a 6 nothing lead. The crowd was into it. They knocked Mahomes out of the game, and they get outscored 30-0. to yeah, and, and I mean, they got outscored. What was the scoring without Mahomes? Uh, I believe Mahomes left when it was like 10 to 6 at the, or 13. I think 13 to 6. Do you remember? 17 0, I think, after Mahomes left. Do you remember the in game line when after Mahomes was I, out? I do not recall. I mean, you've got to almost think it was like pick him, right? I think that Denver was favored in the second half. I'm pretty sure. I thought you. I thought like on a standalone Thursday game, you'd be in game batting. Though I thought that's always when you don't have something done. You say, "Oh, it was in game batting." What ha- I mean, that seems weird. I think I was doing a radio hit during the halftime on that game. But Mahomes didn't get hurt during a halftime celebration, did he? Well, Thursday I've got multiple hits that I do. So you're just doing hits all through the game. Somehow I I, I don't think that's the case. But okay, <laughs> Brad, any closing? Well, what's your thoughts? I'm with you. I like Indianapolis. That's what I sent in. And, and let me say this. I think Jacoby Percet has turned into a below average. So when you say that's what you sent in, is that implying I somehow follow? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Good. So you no, didn't I'm, send I'm, it in. Because I'll switch picks and just bat. No, I know you will. <laughs> no, what, I, <laughs> what I'm saying is you didn't. I already liked it. And your handicap was actually superior well, what part did i say that that you didn't think of because i just wanted to think about the truth of it i i wasn't thinking of the indianapolis side it was more of a fade against denver waving the white flag so that which i, I think sometimes that's enough if, if you know a team is let down like i think Air, atlanta it's hard to bat them yeah what i wasn't grasping was hey indianapolis because they were banged up a couple games when they've actually been healthy, they've been a legit team. That I wasn't think I wasn't thinking about. And I also think the way Kansas City played without Mahomes kind of speaks to the idea that our big issue was we thought it was because Mahomes was somehow hindered. A hindered Mahomes is a lot better than Matt Moore, yeah. right? Yes. Yep. Pre, you know, knee injury. So we were all thinking, well, they lost because of that. No, Detroit's a pretty decent team, and especially before they made the trade they made this week. When, when Clay's in there, they're good against the pass. They're not great against the run, but they're good against the pass, yep. Detroit was. So it makes sense they weren't able to go into Detroit and dominate. They just, you know, we actually had Kansas City in that game in the Super Contest. I felt like that Detroit wasn't as good as I think they maybe turned out to be. Though, again, I think that passed pretty quick because I'm skeptical of them this week. All right, so I like it. So I think, so Fez. We're not sure. What is your next? This is rare. What is your next game? I like Buffalo, RJ. What have we seen in Philadelphia to make them think they're any better than Buffalo? The line's Buffalo minus two. That's saying Philly is the better team. If you look back on Philly's season, you know, that loss to Atlanta is looking worse and worse. Atlanta only has won one game all year long. Philly's stats are that of a below-average team. Philly's chemistry certainly doesn't look right when you look at the effort level of the players, in particular in the Cowboy game. 
The spot is bad for Philadelphia. They third straight road game. They just played a tough physical team in Minnesota, got crushed. Tough physical team in Dallas got crushed. And now they have to go to another tough physical team in Buffalo. And if you look at Buffalo's schedule, they're off a bye, and then they played a Miami team, which you know they were looking ahead from that game. So with the situation faring Buffalo and me not having any faith in, in a Philly team that has still has many, many injuries, some of these guys may come back. Deshaun Jackson is likely out. Sproles is likely out. Jernigan, defensive line, is definitely out. I don't see it. I like Buffalo. Uh, that feels square. Brad, you had some interesting numbers. You had Listen, that was my first thought, too, on that game liking the Bills. Because I do think to some degree you got to start questioning how much Frank Reich had to do with this Philadelphia team. Yeah, and, that's a good point. I mean, if you look at the third down stuff, is it's gone it's gone with him to the Colts. And you could say it's Andrew Luck. Well, it's gone with him with Brissett, where the third down stuff is impressive. When I say stuff, I'm saying completion percentage, efficiency, whatever. So, number two, all this jibber-jabber about... Wentz, I mean, because Brad, you bring up the point about they were in a, their backs against the wall last year and they surged. So talk about yeah, that. I remember this specifically because I actually gave out Philadelphia on this Dream Preview podcast against New Orleans last New Orleans last year, forty eight to seven. Philadelphia lost. I threw Philadelphia in the trash at that point. I was like, there's no way this team's coming back from that, and yet they win five of their last six games and ends up in the playoffs. But A caveat to that, a lot of that was with Nick Foles coming down the stretch of the season, and it was Nick Foles who made the playoff run. I'm worried about the chemistry of this locker room a little bit here with Carson Wentz. And remember, Mike Lombardi, who I consider to be in the media, in that top tier of guys that have the true, legit experience. I love, you know, one of the internet things in 2005 was uh, the democratizing the inner uh, distribution, the idea that there's no gatekeepers. Okay. You know what that means? A lot of people are writing stuff that have no idea what they're talking about. So, yes, I like if it's a you know, meritocracy, meritocracy and the, uh, in a Darwinian sense, the best stuff rises to the top. And I think there's some people out there where pre-social media, they would have never gotten a big following. And they have, and it's good information. In sports, different things. Especially I love because by definition, the people that's going to have trouble with the gatekeepers are the truly innovative, disruptive people. Yeah. But there's a lot of sense of like anytime you read someone, ask yourself, what have they done? Right. <laughs> as much as I feel like I'm you know, quite knowledgeable about a lot of this stuff, it's inevitable. And when I'm talking to Fez, though, I'm a better debater, though I might be more rigor- rigorous about the standards of things. Steve knows more than me by far. And why? Because he has spent his life on or a big chunk of his life where I've spent maybe half my time on this, half my time running the business. It was probably more three quarters running the business until the last couple of years when the media opportunities have gotten bigger and bigger. And I'm making you know good money from that, too. Now, where before it was all promoting the business effectively, right? earned media, as they call it. Steve's just making money every day. That's what he, not that he makes it every day. He's trying to make money every day. He's making money pretty much every month. So to me, I have some theories, but I never say this is right. And I'm saying, guys, knock a hole in it. And if they can't, now I'm thinking peer review. 
No one's writing an article, hardly anyone, that's saying, I'm going to peer review. You ever see many, not a retraction, but it's like, you know, I thought this, but someone that knew a lot more about it told me this. So I'm rewriting, the, you know, this week I'm going to talk about how I was wrong. You think, <laughs> yeah, that would, yeah. <laughs> you think that would happen now and again? Yeah, you think it would. I do it all the time in real time, right? If I say something I, and you guys convince me otherwise, then it's like, okay. And Lombardi was Belichick's right-hand man or a minimum his special assistant for, you know, multiple years. GM, this guy's an NFL GM. And you can look back and say, well, the Browns, what, you know, okay. He worked for Bill Walsh, worked for Al Davis. Guy knows his stuff. And if anything, it, it goes to show you with Lombardi where maybe the difference, I don't know, the difference between a Belichick and Lombardi, and, and I think in that case there's more differences because Belichick's one of a kind with his history and all that. But the idea that when Peterson started winning the year when Lombardi was killing him the whole year, at some point Lombardi said, I give up. He's a, you know, he's a good coach. I'm not saying he's not. I think he's actually a good CEO. From what I hear, they do more analytics – They've been very innovative when it comes to uh, game theory stuff, right? Going for two. My understanding is that's all been outsourced, or at least the, the, the research has been outsourced to some really elite people. They come back, they look at it, and they're at, deciding on what they want to do, and it takes guts to make decisions that are unconventional. Let's give them credit. And let's give them a massive amount of credit for being Peter Peterson being so aggressive in the Super Bowl. Yep. The only mm-hmm. way they won was because they didn't do what Atlanta did, right? Yep. And they were never up that much even, but they kept it, you know, fourth down, trick plays. That's what it took. And that is a small part of coaching, though. Being aggressive and being smart enough to get professor-level professor people to do the analysis and follow it most of the time, that's good. That's a small part of coaching. Fez could coach under that theory, right? But I think when you have a Frank Reich, and again, with Schwartz, you got to ask yourself how much of this is the game. Maybe the offenses are passing it by, or maybe it's they're just so banged up. Because the reality is, Darby, it will be his first game. So on one hand, I'm thinking, Philly, who would Philly be today if they lost to Atlanta in the first round or in the divisional round? Mm. Remember, Faz, they were favored in that game in less than two minutes inside the 10 first and goal. Yeah, they'd be Houston. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, that's a good connection. And it doesn't change the fact that they ended up winning those games, and let's give them credit. But you don't think the Saints have been better than the Eagles the last couple of years? But the sense is, is here's the world champions. It's a fresh or the recent world champion. Here's the frustrated Saints. Yeah. And I think there's a little premium there. I also think that if you are a CEO, you have to have elite coaches, right? Where you're not doing as much, you know, Belichick apparently is pretty much running the defense now, right? And my understanding is Belichick's always been, when he's had coordinators he liked on both sides of the ball, he's been like a special, uh, you know, special projects. Oh, we're going against so-and-so this week. We struggle against a running quarterback. Let me get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, just he's got so many hours, he's going to put them in wherever he thinks they were needed most. The fact he's just seemingly doing, or not just, but doing more defense this year, well, it bodes pretty well. I don't think anyone thinks Peterson can do that kind of thing. So now the question is, who's the coordinator? Schwartz, okay, whatever that is. And the OC is who? Because I know they were, I should probably know this, but I know they were hiring and then uh, then they hired someone that was kind of below it, but then they were going to become quarterbacks coach. It was kind of a machination. All right. It looks like Brad, you got it, right, Brad? Yeah. 
Uh, Mike Grow is the offense coordinator for the Mike Eagles. Grow. Grow, yeah. Al Grow, right? I know yes, that name. Yes, yes. So, he was with the Patriots, wasn't he, Al Grow, for a while? He, he was, was part of the, Yeah, he was part of the Belichick and Parcells tree. Okay. Yeah. All right. I remember. All right. So what's his pedigree, the kid? Well, the kid uh, was promoted from within. He was the wide receivers coach for the Eagles for that Super Bowl champ and then was promoted to offense coordinator. Was Ooh. the Ooh, passing game coordinator for the Rams under Jeff Fisher. That wasn't great offensive football. I bet he's trying to scrub that. You know, we funny is like sometimes it was, they call it Wikipedia wars where one faction wants one thing and they just keep changing it back and forth. Yeah. Every night before he goes to bed, he logs on to Wikipedia, <laughs> tries to erase that. That's funny. Wikipedia. <laughs> and, and the fact of the matter is, Whenever you're promoting within and the results aren't good, that's the sign that you're getting that carbon copy. And this is an old school thing because with digital, but back in the day, people would make cassette tapes, right? What generation was this? That was the question. Because if you just record it bootleg style off of the first generation, okay, it's okay. But now you record off a recording, it's worse. You record off a recording. That's what tends to happen. With this guy, without being the son of a famous coach, at least within the industry, he was well-regarded. Would he even have this job? Would he even have gotten the receiver's job? And how much of this is they thought he was really good and maybe he's not? And how much of this is that Peterson wanted to take more control by getting a young guy in there that he could you know, more dictate to? Yep. I don't know. But then that plus all the anti-when stuff you're starting to hear from internally, it causes me a ton of concerns. But Buffalo, what makes us think Buffalo's any good? I want Steve. I want you to tell me the win, or you can say, "Oh, at home, losing to the Patriots is somehow a victory." That's not. Well, that is the signature game that they played the best. Was their loser? Their loser, where they won the stats against. I don't want to hear about the stats. I really don't, because New England controlled that game, right or wrong. It's a weird game. New it was, England, they controlled the game. No, they had a big. They had a. All right, they controlled the they, game. They didn't control the game. They, they had, had a big lead. They had a sizable lead because they blocked a punt. Yeah, that's they're what, up thirteen that's what nothing. The, that's what the Patriots do. Yep. All right. I mean, I'll accept that. The fact, the fact that you didn't see, and I, and I'll, this is, I believe, a problem. There's, there's only, a, in fact, one of the studies we're going to do is most teams, almost every team. DVOA for special teams is meaningless in that meaningless isn't the right word. It's not predictive Mm. year to year. There's no predictive value. Your third one year, your 23rd, the next, the one team that's been the most dominant. And I think there's others. I just got to find them. And Mackenzie and I would do the work is the Ravens. The Ravens have an elite, because uh, Harbaugh was a special teams guy. He's got some formula with special teams. And again, some of it's having a great kicker, but how'd they get a great kicker, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Seattle had like number the 29th DVOA in special teams. You could say, well, who knows? well, it's this year. Now, remember, this is a brilliant point Lombardi made. Who did Seattle trade when Seattle made the trade? And I'm having to block who they traded for. Uh, oh, Clowney. Who'd they give up? Two of their special teams, key guys. Mm. These were like superstar special teams guys. Okay. Now all of a sudden they're 28th or whatever in special teams, playing the best special teams. 
I, I would have, to me, I would have loved the fair odds on Ravens getting a special teams touchdown. You were quoting there were what you said there were multiple plays like that. Um, there were two, there two special teams defensive touchdowns. I know. I'm thinking at the end of the game there was a fumble six and there was a Russell Wilson threw a horrendous pick. But, but six. so none of these were special. teams. They were not though. special teams. Okay. So you know, I guess I'll have to go look at the stats. To see, did they have an? I mean, you watched the game. Did it feel like Baltimore had edges special teams, or I mean, they I did it, not? They did not show up in my eye test. All right. So, uh, to me, though, when you have a team, that if there's a reason, meaning if you trade away for a big name, a couple of your special teams guys that are key, and then you're facing maybe the one team that consistently has good special teams, and again this year. Like that's a consideration. The fact there wasn't any touchdowns, okay, fair enough. It probably didn't overly affect the game. That feels like a consideration, which is wild, the idea that mostly special teams are luck, but occasionally they're not, which makes this game interesting, right, the whole sports betting thing. So I guess bringing it back around, I mean, how would you characterize your concerns about what I'm saying? Well, I think. You bring up valid points that Buffalo doesn't have any signature wins. They're going to count what's a win their, at Tennessee. What's their best win? 14-7 win at Tennessee. Oh, win at the Jets opening day. <laughs> I guess read, that's read been devalued. Read the scores. Um, I just have the this, this schedule before the season started. They won 17-16 to at the Jets, and they won 14-7 to at Tennessee. So, so they were down 16 nothing to the Jets. Yes. The Jets that are literally... Where's the Jets in your power ratings, even with Dar- uh, Sam Darnold? Oh, my... Like 26, 27? 26. All right. You want to read the scores? Yeah, 17-16 Jets. Fez will say they dominated. The, they won the game despite being minus four in turnovers, right? Which is impressive. Yes. But it's against one of the worst minus three, one okay. of the worst teams in football. One at the Giants, 28-14. One versus the Wait, Bengals. at the Giants, 28-14. That's uh, okay. Eli. Yeah, it's not a bad game. Yeah. Bengals at home, 21-17. Not good. Patriots game, which we went over at the Titans, fourteen to seven. Fez didn't the Titans miss like three field goals? Four, four in that game. And then the Dolphins, thirty-one twenty-one, where the Bills had to rally from a halftime deficit. Yeah, no. You know something? I'm more on Philly now. I mean, I here's the thing. Just like ten days ago, I said if Philly's healthy, they might be the best team in the NFC, and you agreed with me. Yes. I think we're moving too fast. I think there's a lot of concerns. I just think we're moving too fast. And Brad's point about last year, that they were even worse against the wall. They're only one game behind Dallas. They're just going to win at home. And then they're tied with them. So if they can assume they're going to win at home against Dallas, they're tied. And they can't assume that, but in their minds. They got Wentz. They're getting healthier. And even if it's BS, they're thinking in their own minds, our guys are going to be coming back. Uh, I'm off it. You, I almost want to bet. You give me plus one ten. I'll I'll bet you. I'll take Philly. Uh, well, you're, if you're betting Tennessee, you'll be laying one ten anyway. Uh, no, I can lay. Or I'm sorry, you'll be if you're betting Buffalo. I can lay it like minus one hundred five or one hundred seven. I'll lay one hundred five. Well, I'm sorry. Which which places in Vegas offer that? <laughs> I I'm wait. I I want to know waste management. <laughs> waste management consultant. <laughs> I don't need the 110, I'll bet you. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Boy, don't sound like you're like a we, like you're I mean, you're not getting chemotherapy, are you? I mean, you you got a little headache. 
I'm fine. You go, you go, all right. I got a little headache. You go, all yeah. right. All right. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, that just made, listen, when I see weakness, it makes me want to pummel. I can't lie. Yeah. Unless it's a baby. Then I'm, I'll goo-goo. <laughs> I'm just saying. I stole your drunk baby comment <laughs> at GTU2E. I have no doubt. Did you attribute it? No, I just took it. Seriously? Yeah. You know what I'm going to do on Friday? I'm going to I'm going to give you the warning before. I'm just going to just eviscerate you for 5 minutes on national radio in exchange for for you know that would be the fee for using all you had to say is as my, you know, however you want to describe me, RJ Bell likes to say. That's all it took. You ever notice when you listen to me on other shows your name seems to come up a lot? Kind of curious, isn't it? I think, "Oh, why not help my friend? Why not help my partner?" Doesn't go through your mind. I did, I did bring you up and When was this? During my presentation, yes. What did you say? I talked about SOV. Okay. I talked about what a great right. job you so do. So we'll make it, we'll make it uh, uh, three minutes instead of five. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, come on, Brad. You think that's fair? Uh, yeah, it's fair. No, no, I'm saying, do you think it's fair what he did? Oh, no. Okay. Then what should there be? I mean, listen, with a predator like this, a like, a, like an apex predator, yeah. you know, that's the, the phrase is like yeah. humans are the apex. predator. It doesn't matter how fast the tiger is. We're going to figure a way to beat him. Yep. He's like that neck. He's like a Hannibal Lecter. There's a couple guys at that top. He's just going around like an eagle flying around looking for some prey. <laughs> I'm the dirtiest player in the game. All people like him understand are strength. That's all they understand. I want to be, listen, I want to have show my weakness. Just he won't let me. <laughs> all right. So I, here's what we'll say. You're going to stay. You know what we'll do? We'll keep going through your likes. What's your next like? I like this. <laughs> yeah. We got to find something good here. We're, we're getting short on likes well, here. Well, you've only gone through two, right? Unless Brad, did you have Brad as a like? Yeah, I had the Kansas City game. All right. So that's three. Should be two more. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. All right, Monday Night Football. All right, go ahead. I like Miami. Okay, that's interesting. 14, that's interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, Miami came to life last week with Fitz Magic, uh, won the game statistically against Buffalo. You might want to, yeah, say that real quick. <laughs> they won the game statistically. statistically. All right, they out they out yards them by 76. They were down two in turnovers. That was the difference. And let's face it, Pittsburgh, I don't think, is built to cover minus 14 half. Similarly, well, remember, in the, it's 14 in the uh, Super Cup. Fair enough. So I don't if think, I decide to press the button, it's 14. Fair enough. Uh, we talked about Buffalo not being built to cover 17 last week against Miami. Same thing with Pittsburgh. What's the total in this game? Total's 43. Right. So we're like real close to that 3-1 to one ratio. Um, I think that Pitt, Pittsburgh hasn't scored more than 27 points. Uh, wait, team is yet, yes, team has yet to score 27 points for Pittsburgh all year long. And they have to, we have to expect that Pittsburgh, with Rudolph coming back with, with a concussion, is going to be conservative. I expect Pittsburgh to run the ball more than typically. And the turnover table, RJ, Miami's been— un- So first off, this is the first time I've ever heard that. I've heard about guys being a little slow-minded, that concussions are like a hangover where, yeah, you can talk to them, they can drive, but they're just not as quick-minded. And 
That's the thing people don't realize. It's a different type of intelligence. I'm not even sure it's intelligence. But if you hook someone up to those testing things they do, and Danny Ainge talked about the bird brain. Larry Bird had a certain type of brain, and he always has tried to find the bird, which is kind of funny, right, bird brain. But there are a lot of theories about what kind of intelligence helps you win at the highest level of sports. But concussions hinder that until they're fully healed. I've heard that. Never heard about the – and this it makes a little sense to me about the coach being extra conservative. Yeah, I mean, You've never said that. As well, far. Can you remember him ever saying that? Mm-hmm. So that's fine. I'm just saying this is new. Are you acting like you've said it before? I don't know if I've said it before. You not. seem to remember every time, you know. So I guess it's pretty self-explanatory, but, but go through it in detail. Yeah, so if I was a coach and I had a quarterback that had just been injured and was coming back initially – I would go ahead and say baby steps. Let's be careful. Let's not get this guy knocked out, especially the way Rudolph got knocked out last time with that concussion where he was like laying prone on the field, knocked out cold. They had to take off his face mask and the like. And so I would expect, at least initially in this game, that there's going to be a whole lot of James Conner and a whole lot of running in this game. Hmm. Turnover table, Miami minus seven. They've been unlucky with turnovers. Pittsburgh plus five. Uh, when you when your quarterbacking's that bad, there's an element of that. Yes. In it. I mean, that'd be interesting. How much of it? Look at the interceptions, and let's see if they're. Because usually, what I do is I fifty percent the interceptions as luck, and fifty percent as a skill. If they're leading the league in interceptions, they're close to it. Brad, what do you think of this game? Actually, lean with Miami though. So I'm going to agree with Fez for a change here. Uh, to well, me- it's not really for a change. <laughs> To me, it's it's about Pittsburgh. They've covered four straight games, but it's all been sort of kind of in that underdog role for them. And now you're asking Pittsburgh to lay two touchdowns. So, yeah, they've had a chip on their shoulder. They've been focused here. I think certainly the bye helps them focus a little bit. And I think that's why I lean Miami and not like it. But I they're in rarefied air. For a backup quarterback to lay two touchdowns, I'm not buying it. What do you got, Fess? Um, they have thrown a lot of interceptions. Miami has Fitz has thrown five. Rosen has thrown five. So ten. So ten. And how's that ranking the league? Oh, real quick, Fez. McKenzie just passed me a note a minute ago. And again, he doesn't like to walk that. This guy's a he's a bigger dude. He's not heavy set. He's just a bigger dude. He lumbers. I don't know. But I always like the guys that are running, you know? But hey. He lumbers in and he's <laughs> And he says, or in the note, it says, you actually made the case on concussions and and, uh, conservative game plans in the Carolina game when you you bamboozled me into some first quarter bet that I know nothing about. I should have learned. And he seemed confident in that bet. I hate when he's confident. And you talked about a concussion and and some variation of that. So you have talked about it, though it wasn't memorable. But, you know, just by definition. Well, Should have been if you got RJ, right? Yeah. I just, I, when he gets me, it's not handicapping. Yeah. He's got some source. He's got some piece of information. He knows something I don't. Yeah. Because if we know the same things, he doesn't have a chance. But he has a lot. He knows a lot of things I don't. That's the bitch of it. Here's the number, though. 18-21-2 against the spread. What's that? It's a team off a of bye that plays at home on Monday night. The theory is, and we talked about it earlier, the road team off a of bye has an advantage because, one, 
it removes, like Fake Fezzik said, it removes some of the disadvantages having all that time to get ready of being on the road. Oh, look, we got to leave a couple of days. Oh, who cares, right? we yeah. got all this time. And number two, I think it prevents you from getting too lackadaisical at home. You're too comfortable. Oh, the weekend before, let's go out and party, you know, et cetera. You know, Josh Gordon and the boys want to go out. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I spent like 10 minutes saying we got to appreciate a guy that's got a true addiction, you know. Is this out of his control? But it doesn't mean you can't have a little fun. Yep. <laughs> or maybe it does. I don't know. I think this Monday spot, 1821 and 2, really speaks to that. It reinforces to me the rationale of why home teams aren't as good because this is even worse. So that makes me like Miami more. But in the contest, it's 14 and a half. No, it's 14. Oh, at 14. Yeah. So we, we, we're not getting 14 and yeah, a half. Yeah, it's really booking. Yeah, so it's not even an option. All right, what's number five? You had to have five, so what's number five? Like the New York Giants. You know what's funny? He sighed when he saw it. I'm looking to bet against it. Go ahead. Make the case. All right. If you watch the Detroit Lions play against the Minnesota Vikings, we saw what happened. The Lions had players dropping like flies throughout the game, injuries, and Minnesota dominated in the second half because of that. Now, I don't know if these guys are going to play or not. Cornerback Slay is very important to Detroit. He's questionable. Uh, defensive line cluster injuries, snacks, Harrison, Hand, Daniels. These guys are all questionable. I do know this. Carrion Johnson has half of the yards for Detroit on the ground this year, and he is definitely out. Because of that, I go ahead and I like the New York Giants plus seven. He sounds questionable right now. Fez in the mic. Doesn't his voice sound weak? A little bit. I thought his presentation was good, though, there. Was it? Yeah. And there's locker room. Here's here's the major problems. Major See, that's but fast. They trade their captain, <laughs> yeah, the exactly. safety digs. He's another starter. Well, he's not going to be starting anymore. He's going to be starting for Seattle because Detroit traded him, and there's been a backlash of um, vocal support for Diggs and against the organization for this. Apparently, Diggs was not buying into what uh, Patricia was. This is a per um, uh, well, never mind where my source is from. Former NFL player, and uh, he said he said that. The- Wait, you got some private NFL player source, or you saw something on FS1? No, I know a guy. All right, all right, all right. So he said that now, we've uh, never heard that. Have we? He said that wow. he said that Diggs was not buying mess. into Pat- Patricia's system, so he got sent packing, and the team is not responding well. Now let's get to. Um, you just you know you let him talk long enough. Some it, it always. The tr- something of interest tends to come out. So you have a player. How would you describe this relationship? Just this a, former NFL player. It's just more a business relationship. Oh, so the implication is this guy bets. <laughs> no, you know, actually, no. He just provides good information to me, and he doesn't bet. And so the business is you pay him. No, he doesn't ask me for anything. Back rubs? Oh, there might be. <laughs> don't try to be funny. Just say no. No. <laughs> I don't know how you can be funny there. <laughs> when did you procure this source? Today, this morning. No, no, not this piece of information oh. from the source, the person, the asset. Three years ago. And you've never mentioned this to me. You never thought, you know, RJ, I can't, you know, I can't dip in this well too much, but... If you've got any, if you've got any information, if you got any information or questions that maybe a former player could answer, you know, I can help you out. Seems kind of weird, doesn't it? 
think that's an opportunity for improvement going forward. <laughs> Which is code for when you catch me screwing you, that's when I'll stop screwing you. Right, Brad? I mean, yeah. that's exactly what he's saying. <laughs> is that, does that I, seem right or wrong? Yeah, it seems right. <laughs> now, I can't help it that I'm custom-made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, woo, can't dance all night long. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I might be making some inquiries. So this secret person is saying that even more than the media reports that there's discord in the Detroit locker room. Yes. All right. And it's seven at the, in the contest? Nope. Six and a half. Well, well, I guess you didn't know that when you made the pick. Yep. So that's not a choice. It's seven now, pretty much, or seven what? The market is 6.85. Jeez. Yeah. Is there any seven one tens out there? Let's bat it. I know we might interfere with your greed if we actually make a bet together. Yeah, we can bet this. 7-1-10? Oh, yeah. All right, let's finish the pod and we'll decide at the end. But we're probably going to bet it. All right. I, I mean, we it's not even an option. Anything else in this game, Brett? I'm on the Giants, too, and I'm worried about the defense. This was even prior to them getting hurt at the end of the Minnesota game. I mean, they've been struggling. 430 yards in each of their last three games. And, and another thing. We're counting on a Detroit Lions team to get margin. They haven't won a game all season by more than three points. Now they're finally expected to get margin. I don't trust them here. Yeah, I think at seven, it's a good bat. Yep, agree. Um, and I'm a big believer that when you've got your best cornerback, you know, probably your best defender, call, saying it's BS like that. I mean, and he didn't say BS, that his buddy got traded. The guy who wasn't clearly the best Defensive player, but he's a captain, so that's a sign of a well-liked guy. Patricia is wants to be a little miniature Belichick. He doesn't have the pedigree, rocket scientist or not. Yep. And I'm not sure anyone. I'm not sure Belichick could pull this off. He wasn't able to in Cleveland, and this is a different era with players. Yep. So it feels like when they win, everyone shuts up, and the minute they start losing, blah blah blah. Right. <laughs> yep. As Mr. T would say, jibber and jabber. I like it. Plus, I mean, at seven, it's an auto play for me. Is there any minus 105s here in Vegas plus seven fest? No. Uh, next game. All right, so you're out. You're, the, the turnips uh, no. run dry. Yes. <laughs> Let's keep going this system, though, Brad. The next like we haven't covered for you. How about the L.A. Rams is Ooh. a like for me? And, and this is going like, I mean, because delay this kind of number. So here's my main takeaway. What's the mark? Oh, I'm sorry. What is the, the super contest line? Because if it's 14, I'm pressing the button. It's 13. Uh, 13. All right. 13 all right. and a half is what I'm seeing in the market. So, okay. Yeah, let me just go ahead. Well, you oh, could, you're not sure if, what it is? No, you take I'm a second. Double, yeah, I'm just double checking. Take a second. 13. All right, go ahead. So you gave me some, uh, some homework uh-huh. in the last podcast. And you said, hey, do a little uh, investigation on the Cincinnati coordinators. So I, I did that. Because the theory being the head coach is as uh, unpedigreed, if that's yes. the way to say it, as we've seen a coach. Well, no better. Both offensive and defensive corner is about as unpedigreed as it gets for an NFL team. Let's start with the offensive corner. Brian Callahan, his name. He does not sell brake pads in Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, no one's going to get that. Is, huh? That feels like a major league thing. Tommy boy. Okay. Well, All right. So, I mean, apparently... the. the Adam Sandler movies is your reference point because you. No, were, that's Chris Farley. 
Oh, and Adam Sandler's not in that? No, David Spade. Okay, okay. Oh, this is the one. Oh, I remember the line. He's eating chicken wings and he's staring yes. at the girl in the yes. pool and he's going, I want wingies or something. Yeah. Okay. Fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> uh, Brian Callahan is his name. 35 years old, never been a coordinator before. The defensive coordinator. Okay, he's 53 years old. His name's Lou Anarumo. That's the best I could do there. He's been a career defensive backs coach. But at the NFL level. At the NFL level. What was the most years he stayed at one job? I don't have that in front okay, of Okay, but like, name the, the teams he's been back. You don't even have that? No. This was research? Not good research. <laughs> well, I went back to the last time he was a defensive coordinator, 1994, at Merchant Marine Academy. Okay. So a minimum, even if he is a good position coach in the NFL level, it's still... If you've got a head coach that's a little underqualified, you've got coordinators that are a little underqualified, and your team stinks, it's probably some connection. All right. He's been the Giants for one year. This was last year, 2018. Not in the league for uh, – or actually at the Dolphins from 2012 to 17 as so a defensive Adam Gase. Back. Adam Gase. And then at Purdue for seven years as a defensive backs coach. That's his longest tenure. Purdue, defensive backs coach. Under Joe Tiller. Oh, no, he's fine. Wasn't he at Wyoming first? All right, so here's the thing. I am going to say the craziest bet ever. Now, this is going to be called a fun bet. I'm going to bet $100, all right? $100 is the type of thing I'm going to be candid. I would walk for four minutes for a $100 bill and then four minutes back. I'd walk for eight minutes. I wouldn't walk for 10. Now, I like to walk, so if it was a leisurely walk, but I'm saying if you, in the middle of the day you go, Walk 10 minutes in a loop and, and stop what you're doing. I wouldn't do it. So that gives you a little idea. A hundred, you know, I care, but I don't care that much. Maybe that's part of the problem, but it's true. I'm going to put a hundred on it. And here's the bet and pull up the money line on this. Cincinnati Bengals on the money line. Why? I have no idea, but I do know these two things. In a weird way, if you have something that being experienced doesn't help, like London, some people stay the whole week, Gruden. Other people do like Belichick. Gruden dominated the Belichickian approach of going in the night of or whatever, or the night before. I will. It's plus 455. McVay has been here his first year, 33 nothing over the Cardinals. He won just two years ago. I didn't say any, I, who I, I don't know. Any, I'm not talking about McVay. I'm talking okay. about Cincinnati. I'm All saying... Right. Where I know McVeigh's a good coach. Yeah. Right? That's the easy. I mean, I think that's pertinent, by the way, info. Yeah. It doesn't stop my bat. It's kind of weird you're interrupting me right in I'm the middle sorry. of my handicap. Yeah. <laughs> like you had your whole time to give it, but yeah. you didn't think it was worthy of saying. I didn't. All right. So plus four, plus four what? Plus, plus 550. Yeah. I like to shop it. Okay. Yeah. Now here's where it gets <laughs> tied together. All right. I'm going with. The Miami Dolphins plus 14 and a half on the point spread, obviously, as the other piece. And here's the rationale. What is the main concern you got about Miami, Fez? The concern, it seems to be, you've talked about all year, is how much do they really want to win? Oh, the motivation. Yeah, do they really want to win a game, obviously. Yes, it was strange. It took you so long to get to it. The obvious part, but you're sick and and we have sympathy. No, I'm good. No, you're not. No, I'm good. We We have sympathy for you, though, is... I think if Cincinnati somehow pulls off an upset, and the theory is this is the market. So 
you know, what, what am I, what, what's my negative EV here? Just if I was flipping coins, playing big money lines, Fez, right? It's 6%. Even less than that. All right. Because actually sometimes those big straddles are less than you yeah, think. Yeah, the household is actually less than yeah, 4.5%. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. So, okay. But now my question is, if that happens, doesn't it free Miami up in a wonderful way? Because maybe there's only a third of the teams. Go ahead, Fez. Even though I like your handicap a lot, mm-hmm. I strongly disagree with your bet. Why? Because I think you don't need to flush the negative EV down on the first half. I'm not thinking there is a negative EV. I didn't say first half. I said I'm doing it for the game. No, for, for the game, I'm saying the first leg. The first leg of your uh-huh. parlay I think is unnecessary. Why don't we just wait, sit back, sleep in, and see if – because I don't think the market's going to recognize it. I hear you. That's a good point. Except – and it's a very good point – I do think there's an edge here, meaning I said even if it's just a random thing. But my case would be this. I think the Rams are overrated. Right? I do. Mm. I, 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 and I think that whatever Cincinnati's deficiency is when it comes to coaching, and it's something, that that deficiency gets kind of mitigated in a way by this London trip where I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it anymore. Whereas – and I've, I've done a 180 on it, meaning the whole Oakland thing is just blow my mind because as bad as the Bears looked worse against Oakland than they did against the Saints. I mean, just the score, the, I mean, yeah. the ATS margin. I don't even want to talk about looks because then we get into subjective stuff. Their ATS margin was worse. We thought they did everything right. Isn't Nagy supposed to be right there at the top of the list of young coaches? Yes. Right? So he, and he was doing like Belichick, right? Wasn't that a big part of our handicap? It was wrong. So I don't know what they're going to do, right? But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that if we don't know what the right answer is, it's hard to be too wrong. Yeah. Mm. So I think the Rams a little over. I also think it's a Rams team that really went all in last week. I mean, that was like, if they lost that game, they were in trouble. Now you got Ramsey. On a longer trip. Have we heard about the travel with these teams? Yes. I uh, researched both teams, came up with uh, one success, and I'm still trying to find out what the Bengals are going to do. I don't know what the Bengals are going to do. The Rams stayed in Georgia in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. They're having that mini camp where they're going to mm-hmm. stay till Thursday. Which I generally like. Yes, me too. And they're going to fly out. Now, there's been a, two teams have done something similar so far this year. If you recall, the 49ers hung out in Youngstown, Ohio for a week and crushed the Bengals. Probably would have crushed him anyways, but um, that certainly worked. New Orleans went up to um, Washington before they played Seattle, spent the week on the West Coast, and they won the game as an underdog. Yeah, but that was a Seattle out game. I mean, yeah, remember two, that was 250. Yeah. Yeah. You know something? I, you swayed me, Fez. The more I think about it, if, especially that McVay stat and that, and that camp, I mean, it feels like they might have one. I, I might, but then they're going to have a bye, right? So. I might want to bet. If they're home after the bye, I'm going to look to bet against them. But we're going to do the Fez approach. We're going to let this game happen. And if somehow, some way, the Bengals win and they're still 14 and a half, I'm going to make a month. You do agree that that is a motivation. Oh, I loved the handicap. It was just the execution that I disagreed with. Yeah. And listen, that's why I love this show is we can slow down enough to talk these games through. So anything else in this game? They're at Pittsburgh off the bye, the Rams. Oh, I like that. But I don't like that they're on the road. But that's the kind of game Pittsburgh gets up for, I yep. would think. Any closing thoughts? 
Nope. All right, Brad, how many likes you got left? You know what? You're not going to like this. You might even press the button. Perfect. I like, I like Houston uh, against Oakland. So I'm going to take Houston minus the six and a half. To me, it, it's the end yeah, of that's the... That's McKenzie's play. You're, you're can't, you're, uh, are you, it's Fezzik. You either go through his plays and caught. <laughs> nah. Fair enough. No, nah, no. Nah, but you know, I did have, I did look at the Oakland pass rush. Uh-huh. Number two, it's in my notes. Number twenty-two adjusted sack rate. Uh-huh. The Raiders have just ten sacks this season. That's bottom five in the league. And if you can't touch Deshaun Watson, I don't think you're going to have success here against Houston. And on top of it, this is the last leg of this well-publicized what six-week road trip. I know we're they had a buy-in between there for the Raiders. To me, if there's going to be a time where they yeah, all the talk of that road trip in the preseason. Was the most ludicrous. In, in hindsight, where was the bad spot? Well, this one. Oh, and yeah. the Somehow, first game back home, I think, is you could make yeah, the case. Yeah. But my question is, is where I'm confused though. Is why aren't you on Houston then? Well, I do lean to Houston. No, no, no. Why aren't you on? I mean, when we were going through your five picks, it was slim pickings at the end there. Yes. Well, Houston has both their tackles questionable, and I've made the case that's Titus Howard and Johnson, and I spoke about how. When I bet Houston games, I got to make sure they can protect Watson. Well, I was the one that. Go I was going to say, I remember somebody tweeting about Titus. Yeah, Titus Howard. Howard. That would be the great one. RJ oh, except Bell. not great enough that I couldn't, <laughs> that, I, that I still didn't fire with Houston uh, or against him with Colts mm-hmm. last week because that would have been the game that replaced the Bears. God darn it. But Fez had a best bet on the Bears, right? You told the country on line mover closing minus line three. Move. Yeah. Closing line value. Yeah. Infamous. Go ahead. You know, I I'm starting to think you got a point here. I think we just wait till Friday and see about the tackles. Yeah, I agree with Is that. Is that the main mm-hmm. injury yep. concerns here? Yep. That's it? Yes, and, and good news. <laughs> Oakland has injury problems as well. Josh Jacobs, the running back, left with an elbow injury. He's questionable. I don't know if you've been watching him, RJ. How impo- oh, he, he, he's hugely important. Okay, I remember he's, like the, he's clearly a top five running back. In terms of, I don't have the exact stats. Top five running back? He is breaking. T- Brad, do we have anything on, on like is, broken Is this tackles? his first year? Yeah, he's a rookie out of Alabama. I think we should hold on with the top five running He back. has 554. Maybe he's performed like a top five running He back. has two-thirds of Oakland's rush yards. He's already got over 500 yards for them. All right. So if, if some co- – I mean, the perfect world is Jacobs is not going to play or he's going to be really banged up and the tackles are playing. All right. Here's the thing about Oakland, though. And, Fez, this is the real question. It's a famous question that was asked in Wall Street. Let's listen. When does it all end, huh? How many yachts can you water ski behind? How much is enough? This is a variation on a theme. How much is enough when it comes to your crazy cockamamied way of looking at games? So Green Bay at home dominates in theory, wins the game. But Oakland was driving at the end of the half. Are you familiar with this scenario? (laughs) Yes, I am. So we could have fake Fezzik do it. But I'd be more interested in you doing it. How much do we look at that game and say, oh, coin flip? It was one of the closest blowouts you'll ever see in the NFL. The Raiders were down four, driving, end of the second quarter. Carr reaches for the pylon. He goes in, and they score there. Who knows? Maybe Oakland even wins the game. They turned it over again in, in the red zone. So turnovers definitely went Well, what against- happened was they turned it over, and then Green Bay gets a kickoff, scores, 
So it ends up, you know, at the end of the half or it's third quarter, and it ends up being a, a pure 14-point swing, right? Exactly. And they didn't score at the end of that half, did they? Or they did? I think that Green Bay scored in the first half. I think they went up 21-10. Okay, which would make it even worse than before. Well, I guess it, you know, until they got the ball back, you could say mm-hmm. it was unfair. So we'll pull that up. But so do we not, because to some degree, if you said, oh, Remember that four-day period we were excited about the Raiders? You know, that is going to probably be the narrative. But then they went to Lambeau. Or is are we getting fooled in that this team is the team that the market said was only one point worse? Because as much as I don't like Green Bay, what's the difference between Green Bay and Houston in your power ratings? What do you got, Brian? Uh, Green Bay scored right after that fumble in the late second quarter. Okay. So truly a 14-point swing. And then it's a true 14-point swing. And then, Fez, I might have your – you gave me the – oh, no, that was the NBA style. Couldn't have walked away. Right here. Got it? I've got it. Green Bay is my number five team. Houston is my number nine team. They're one point apart. Okay, so if the line is five in Green Bay – and there's an extra home field, so really effectively four, because Houston has a normal home field, right? Yes, they do. And then the line here is six and a half. That implies Houston's two and a half points better, Ooh. except yeah. you think Houston's one point worse. Yes. Mm. So, so there's, there's, it's either you have to downgrade the Raiders drastically. Mm-hmm. Or you got Green Bay too high. Five? Or you have Green Bay way too high. Yeah, five. Which is kind of my basic premise, because, the, 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 the again, no one... I'll get a little bit radio worked up here. It's not as conversational, but hey, no. <laughs> hey, everybody, think about this. Detroit was three and a half. Dog, that means they were better than Green Bay four-point home field. Now, the idea that Oakland was five, it was one point worse. What? And now that they won, but did, I mean, how? So I guess the question is, what did you do with Green Bay's power rating off that win? And how did you account for the fact that very likely – that swing is the whole – I mean, what was the margin? And plus, when you got Oakland thrown from behind, they're in trouble. So you can, it's hard to even look at the rest. The only thing you could really look at maybe is the Oakland defense. And I know he had a good uh, – you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers had a heck of a day. But after – you know, how good – what you know, what was done after it was 21-10, you know, how much of that counts even because you got to count it. But if you really want to get into this game, how much is enough of this crap? Is you could say, well, when Rodgers can run the ball, you know, because they're up so big. Now when he throws the other, you know, they're up to stop the run, more guys in the box. It all changes, doesn't it? Isn't that what we said in the Atlanta game when they got blown out by Minnesota in week one? Oh, the whole game got, you know, we don't even count. 28 nothing. yep. Here's what I know, and this is probably not the time, and we don't have the time to dig in why. What I know for sure is the markets have treated – Green Bay, with an irrational, in my opinion, amount of disrespect, unless, unless Green Bay is not very good. Faz, I'm surprised at your power ratings. You've got Green Bay fourth? Green Bay number five. Five. I mean, don't how, how do you look at the market and the three and a half against Detroit at home and the five against Oakland, and the reality is that Oakland game, it looks like a blowout. It could have went either way. I don't know about going either way, but, boy, it wasn't going to be a blot. If Oakland, they scored at the end of the half, some shenanigans, whatever, whatever, Green Bay scores, get the kickoff, and they score, and the game's over because the Raiders don't come back. They're not a throwing team. 
from behind, cars not throwing down the field aggressively. I don't think that there's any – I'm not saying a half-point adjustment's not right. That feels right. Okay. But still, if right now Detroit somehow was pick em, or sorry, check that, Detroit was four at, at Green Bay, wouldn't you be like, oh, my God, this is crazy, right? Yeah, I'd make But that's my what biggest... it would be, right? Well, that would be hard much- to say Green Bay got, or Detroit got downgraded that much. That Minnesota game wasn't – considering the injuries that you're making such a big production of, Detroit played pretty well. Stafford had a really good game, right? Yeah, the offense played very well. And the defense got banged up. Yeah. So if, 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 if the Lions were healthy, as, they, as healthy as they were against Green Bay, the line would be maybe Green Bay 4 now. Green Bay's been upgraded. Agree. Now. All right? So you'd be like, oh, my God, your heart would start palpitating, right? You would want to bet Green Bay out to Wazoo. And already did once and lost. So my question is, don't we have to just say we don't know enough about – like, don't you have to downgrade Green Bay two points on, on GP – General principle, the, the the market's just wrong, well, or the market has such a bias. Well, I only have them three points better than an average I, team. I don't know about the average team. You got them fifth. Who's sixth, seventh, and eighth? Sixth is the Rams. You can put the Rams in I, front of them. I would. Mm. I would. Go ahead. I don't. Nor- I don't have a crush on the Smith brothers, though. So go ahead. The Smith brothers have been playing very well. I bet. Go ahead. Uh, New Orleans is seven. Okay. I mean, obviously, this is about Breeze, right? Right. Okay. And then. Baltimore's eighth. I tell you, I think Baltimore's better, but I, I'm more on. I mean, listen, all I know, and we're Seattle. Tenth. Well, you you and I are in agreement there. I don't think Seattle is any worse than the Green Bay. What, what's this Green Bay win? Is it the Chicago win? Minnesota at home. <sighs> Refresh my memory. I don't even remember that game. They got up early, and then Minnesota fought back in the game. I don't I, remember that game. That, that's the game that Kirk Cousins threw the interception in the red zone at the end. Well, that's every game. That's true. That's win. true. <laughs> I don't even – I swear to God, what week was that? that was, it was early. It was 21 nothing, and then Minnesota got it back to 21-17. this like the week before you wanted to bat Minnesota plus two at, at the Chicago? Chicago, yeah. And you, that's, and looking you said, ba- that's looking better now in hindsight. That was probably a pretty good bet. I guess if the game was 1 o'clock or not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so <laughs> – a little bonus for the Thursday night stuff. I wouldn't be so anxious to bet on Cousins if you're listening early. Now, who knows? They could win by 40 because there is a huge trend, a humongous trend on Thursday night big favorites. That once there's a certain disparity in talent, the Thursday short rest, just the talent trumps everything. So what we got on that? Boy, Brad, you're slow today, buddy. My internet's slow. It was 21 nothing, and then Minnesota fought back. And had a chance to win the game late. So it was a coin. So it pretty much was a coin toss in Lambeau. That's yeah. an impressive win. Yeah, I mean, so I don't get it. Well, then I think that further. And then strength- you look at the Philly game. Yeah, but go ahead. Well, I think that further strengthened maybe a Dallas. Yeah, the Dallas. Got- the Dallas. Oh, that was a nice yeah. win. Yeah. That was. But you never know. I heard that game again. This is where it never ends. <laughs> I heard that game yeah. that they had the signals that they they that they were there was two games in a row they knew the offensive signals like the two teams mm. they went back to when he was at what was he at Boise or wherever the dude was the the Kellen OC Moore. yeah OC yep. for Dallas yep. yep Boise yep Boise so mm. you know but it's back to your crazy stuff about the linebacker that was worth eight points or something fast because he could call the plays Sean Lee exactly. I was trying to like, forget it all. Now, how's he doing this year? He's playing. He's playing well. Playing well? Yeah. You hear him barking out the signals, like telling people what the plays are? I haven't heard anything. <laughs> now, does he even start? 
you know, I you know, I think you have the only backup linebacker ever that's worth points. Well, you've got that linebacker core is so good for Dallas with Van Der Esch and, and are they worth more than three points? Because that's what you had Lee at, <laughs> right? So they're so good, they're worth four each. Now, how many linebackers does Dallas? The word the word is out that uh, Sean Lee can read the the offenses, and it's not. So um, you're just making stuff up now, yeah, right? I am. Is it trying to be funny? No. You're Clearly, Sean Lee is not worth three points. There we go. You know, it's funny. Before the party goes, you know, RJ, I noticed when you are on a bad side, you let it go fast. I should let it go fast. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, Dallas's linebacker core is really good. So maybe that's why Sean Lee's on the bench worth three points. <laughs> but doesn't it, make Phil- doesn't it make that Philadelphia win? Philadelphia is no good. I think we agree to that, right? They come in and they, on a Thursday, they beat Green Bay. Yeah. I'm not excited about Green, but it makes Kansas City look even better. Yeah, that's great. I I love Kansas because that doesn't look like a funny line move, like a funny line. You add it all up. This is remember we were trying to figure out was it love for Detroit or hate for Green Bay or you know not Mm -hmm. being down on Green Bay. It strikes me that now that Detroit is or now we saw Detroit got bet against against Minnesota the next week. Now we're seeing the Raiders. This line says that the market believes that Houston is significantly better than Green Bay. Yep. Yes. And you don't have that, right, Fed? I do not. Now, I get it. Uh, Oakland was off a bye. There was injury questions. But even when the receivers got announced for Green Bay, the line didn't shoot up drastically. Yeah, I saw five and a half to six. Yeah, but you could have got a five and a half. Sure. Yep. And t- five's fairly dead, so it was pretty yeah. much the same line you could have had early in the week, yes. right? There was no fours out there. No. And six or five and a half was rarely available at all times. Yes. That's why you need three outs. All right. You got any more, Brad? Nope. That's it. That's it. All right. Here's what we're going to do. I've been holding back a really good pick. I'm joking. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to finish up these games. But, Fez, you do have your teaser. No teaser this week. (laughs) You do have your derivative bet, right? Oh, yes. I've got my derivative. And we haven't gone over that game. So anyone that would stop listening now would miss that, miss Blossom. I mean, just uh, just back in a minute. Bet DSI, Podcast One, they have a big partnership, big money being spent, and they support the show. It's one of those things where if you don't need a book, you don't want a book, then forget it. It doesn't matter. We wouldn't even want, even if you thought, oh, RJ, we want to support the show. Okay. Tell your friends about it. Retweet us. Send a tweet out. That's how to support us. Rate us. Go to iTunes. Give us a good rating. Five stars. That's the way to support. We don't ever want you to do anything you don't want to do. But if you're on that brink of maybe, trust me, I don't keep saying a variation on a theme about how important having extra outs is if it wasn't that important. It is. You can't, literally, you can't win with just one out. You can't long term. Unless you're some savant the world has never seen. And if you are, you're smart enough to know how much easier it's going to be to win more with extra outs. So it's not happening. So if you're betting with one out, even two, you're betting in a way that no professional would. And you might think, I don't want to be a pro. Okay. But how much effort does it take? Not much. BetDSI.com. If you're in that situation, not only is it going to help your results, it's going to help us. That's the kind of help we want from you something that also helps you or doesn't cost you anything, doesn't take much effort, betdsi.com, promo code BOW101, promo code BOW101 for that 100% bonus match. 
We got Dosakis. Now listen, college football fans, hey, you listen to the NFL pod. You need to brush up on your football knowledge, then enroll in the Dosakis College Football Football College. You'll learn from brilliant football minds like Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett, Katie Nolan, and John Bagan. He actually wrote a book on college football. This is going to give you an edge in your football arguments this season. And you could even enter for a chance to win tickets to the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com slash edu. Dos Equis, keep it interessante. Dos Equis beer brands, enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported from Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019. Dos Equis beer brands, no purchase necessary. 50 states plus D.C., 21 plus only. Enter by 12, 2019. Full rules available at dosequis.com slash edu. And finally, Wrangler. ATG by Wrangler. A new outdoor line that does not compromise, conform, or call it quits with functional details and fabrics that stand up to the elements. Now, here's the key question. What is the value, the extra value, the differentiated value of ATG by Wrangler? Well, it's the best of both worlds in the following way. It's all the things you love from Wrangler with high-performance fabrics and cool details made for the outdoors. So it's oftentimes a trade-off between functionality and cool and style. This is the best of both worlds in that regard. And it has a durable fabric that stretches for comfort as well as a comfort flex waistband. Now, listen, I've actually, we haven't done any videos. We're going to start here soon recently. I've been uh, in a concerted effort to lose some pounds, and, and I have But I tell you this, even, I still got a few to lose, but even at the lower weight, you eat a big meal, you're in a different place, no pun intended, with your stomach than you were before, especially as a guy. That fabric, man, if you can have the the stretchable fabric and in the waistband and style, what more do you want? Visit Wrangler.com slash Bell, that's B-E-L-L, to check out all the ATG by Wrangler styles. Wrangler, wear with abandon. That's wrangler.com backslash B-E-L-L, Bell. And we're back to the show. All right, Brad, I'm going to have you shout the games out. Because Fez is sick. I did two hours of national radio today. I need you to perk me up. and I'm In fact, I'm going to get a Coke Zero. I got a little bit left here. I'm going to go get a fresh one. All right. You guys talk. Pick the game. What game are you starting with? We're starting with the Chargers at the Bears, Fez. Going to lean Chargers in this game. Bears are overvalued. I'll go back to last year when they finished 12 and 4. We this spoke. Was his best bet last week. <laughs> we spoke about the Bears, the easy schedule they had in 2018, the double digit plus in turnovers, and the Bears being the third most healthy team. And because of that, I think carrying forward that the Bears are just inherently overvalued. Nothing suggests they're anything but an average team. Football Outsiders has the Bears the 18th team. Their yards per play differential, minus .2. Trubisky appears to have lost confidence, and Trubisky's no longer willing to run. He ran five times on average per game last year. This year, one time per game. What is up with that? That is compromising the Bears' offense, and the Bears are still missing the run stuffer, defensive tackle Hicks, who went down in Week 5. We saw how horrible 
the Bears were versus the Saints. So I'm going to lean to the Chargers. My concern with the Chargers is the O-line. Their center pouncey is out. They have a guard, Forrest Lamp. He's out for the season now. Okung's playing, though, right? Well, that's interesting. Okung is supposed to play. He's got the blood clots. Well, he was supposed to play last week, and he didn't play. He was out. So it looks like Okung's supposed to play this week. The Chargers still going to be down two linemen, though, because of that, just a lean to the Chargers. You know, the Bears haven't topped even 300 yards, total yards in any game this season, and now you're trusting them to lay more than a field goal in this game? I'm not buying it. I think there has to be some, like, what's the organization feeling about Trubisky at this point? Because to me, it's almost like, are we cutting bait at the end of the season? Are we going after one of these bright quarterbacks? Because the quarterback class is very deep this upcoming year. I'm I back. just what What's the energy level in that building? I mean, I don't see it. They're not going to – it's almost to the point where they're not catching Green Bay. They're not catching Minnesota in the division. What's their playoff chances at this point? Yeah, and let's face it, the Bears had a nice energy bump up that first initial game with Chase Daniel when um, Trubisky was out. I think that the Bears are down big time on both their quarterbacks right now, and that's definitely going to compromise their motivation. Because wouldn't last week be the rallying cry? Off a bye, off that disgusting loss in London. You're playing the Saints. The best bet. Yeah, and nothing. And it was, And we didn't even mention it. That final was worse than... <laughs> what the, the the final score was actually misleading in that uh, Chicago was crushed far worse. Yeah, if you obviously read R.J. Bell's tweets that mention the kickoff return touchdown for the Bears, and then the Bears don't score another touchdown until their final two touchdowns in the final two minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, so uh, it was a home run spot, as Fez likes to say. They lost, and they lost can- uh, handily. And to me, I've had a real... Love, hate, well, I mean, hate, hate, hate relationship with Bridgewater since he's come back. The funny thing is if you look at Bridgewater's ATS, especially as a dog, it's like the best. I, I didn't verify this. The best in NFL history. It's like a crazily good. Have you heard? Yeah, that? ESPN Stats and Info had it. 16-2 and two against the spread best in Super Bowl, at least in the Super Bowl era. So to me, I think, you know, I was on <laughs> the opponent like all those games <laughs> almost. I mean, this, this go around. Yeah. And we'll, you know, we'll get to the Saints game, so I guess we'll wait. Because the trend line on Bridgewater, I think you've got you to acknowledge, right? It's up. I would make the case that the Bears are as susceptible to any, as anyone to have a real weak uh, uh, energy being a letdown. I think there's a, a potential flat spot. Yep. Because to me, the flat spots come when you're winning and you're in a game that you think you can win without full effort. And it's when you are disappointed. Like when you have a really bad game, there's two ways to come. One is let's fight back. But that's what they did off of London. There's no sense that Trubisky's sending him anywhere. I'm not sure about Chase Daniel, the idea that they're really down on him. He's a backup quarterback. And to me, if you think you're out of it pretty much anyway, which I think the Bears are, you let Trubisky play. All right, see what you got. There's a chance he could turn it around, even if it's a 10% chance. You know Chase Daniel's not your future. Yeah. Great point. Right? So if you were just had one game to go to make the playoffs— you just pick the best quarterback, it, it, especially in the NFC. I mean, think of the teams. Forget the Bears. Go down your power ratings and run off those NFC teams. Now, there's going to be what? There's uh, six playoff teams, right? Yeah, so you've got San Francisco. All right, one. Minnesota. Two. Dallas. Three. Green Bay. And four. The Rams. Five. New Orleans is going to jump above yeah, everybody six. when Breeze comes back. All right, so now the theory is you've got to replace someone from here. 
You got Seattle and Carolina and Philadelphia. I mean, think about that. Wow. Right, those three of those teams are going to be out Outside and looking the Bears. In. So the Bears, you know, it's not, this is like one of those deals where you're six games back in baseball, but there's only the leader, you have a chance. But when there's but was, two teams in between, it's almost, yeah. you know, so not that they're thinking like that, you know, but I just think they're thinking, oh my gosh, we, tr- I can't remember. Did they trade up for that number two pick or not? I can't remember. They did. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we gave up a lot. We put years into this. You could have had Watson, Holmes. Yeah, that is sad. Same draft. Oof. Speaking of drafts, let me pose you guys. Maybe we'll, we won't talk about this this week. If you redrafted last year's draft, so the 18 draft, where would Lamar Jackson go? Among the quarterbacks or just no, no, overall? No. Where is he going to go? And I'm not, I don't even think it's one to do on the top of our head. It's look at the list. Talk about it next week. Okay. He is my highest rated of the five right now. That came out that year. Yep. Yes. And who were the five? Uh, I got Jackson 15. Ba- I got Josh Allen, my number 18 quarterback. Baker Mayfield 25. Well, Josh Allen, came. he was undrafted, though, right? No, he was. Oh, you're no. talking about Buffalo. I'm yeah. thinking about the Allen. Right, Clipper. right. There's two. Clipper. Uh, Darnold was 20, is my 29th quarterback. And, of course, Rosen, he's my 38th quarterback. Those are the five. 38 of what? 41. Name what? that list after. Hold on, hold on. This is going to be good. 39, Matt Moore. 40, Rudolph. 41, Hodges. Ooh, I don't know. I think I... Rudolph? I think I'd rather have Rudolph over Rosen. God, times 10. Yeah. You do realize the Steelers... So what do you have the the, the Rudolph to the third string drop off? One point. Jeez. You're not getting what, what did you see in Rudolph that you don't like? Well, I liked Hodges, so I bumped I mean, him you up. I realized Hodges was undrafted. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't have the arm strength. I mean, like there's going to be like eight throws he can make in the NFL, right? Sure. But somehow he's as good as this guy that was drafted. What was it, third round? Yeah. The expectation was second round. He cost me a lot of money in draft props. Oh, you had him to go? Yeah, to go in the second round. I remember that. Yeah, that was a bad beat. Well, that's, and again, I get it. The whole kind of quarterback thing at what? Um, the power ratings on these oh, no, all no. these bottom quarterbacks, they're all minus three. Three points worse than But average. what I'm saying is is that, to me, I don't see anything with Rudolph that uh, we can talk about that San Francisco game. In hindsight, how good is San Francisco? That's a great point. Right? Yeah. Very good point. And, and they also were super conservative in that game. Looked great against the Bengals. That's the Bengals. And then he was doing fair okay. I mean, listen, the Ravens, Steelers, I don't care. And, again, you're saying the Ravens D is better than you thought. And then that's it. So what is it that we're... You know, that's a great point, though. The strength of schedule idea that San Francisco and Baltimore both were, are, are trending upwards. So. Yeah, so and especially Baltimore in a high-intensity game. I think they've been hit or miss with their intensity. But that Seattle game, they were intense. Yes. So, all right, where are we at, Brad? Moving along here. So uh, just let's recap that game. Yeah, so you got a lean on the Chargers from Steve Fezzik and a lean on the, just a lean on the Chargers from to Brad me, Powers. I, I don't think you can bat the Bears. Yeah, and, and this I think it's worth taking a second. Sometimes in the worst spot or after the worst performance possible, you want nothing more than to bet that team, and sometimes you want nothing less than to bet that team. And to me, it's all about has the is the team having a crisis of confidence? Is the team saying what do we do now? Because I can promise you, when Belichick lost against Kansas City on that Monday night game, the famous, you know, is, is, is it finally time to uh, bench Brady yeah. question, Belichick just looked at him. It's just oh. like it was like contempt. 
is the idea that New England was going to su- play worse because they're going to start doubting. No, no, no. They knew what they had. They Okay. That's why I like Chicago looked like crap against Oakland. But Fez had a best bat. He only had one bat to give before Friday to the nation on straight out of Vegas. He said bears, right? Am I correct on that? You did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I yeah. didn't. You did. Now, to me, that's a sign of, okay, we like Nagy, blah, blah, blah. But now when it's just so bad, it wasn't they lost the game. It wasn't they lost by a lot of points before the late time. It was, there was no offense. It's like he's regressing. I, I think he's worse, Trubisky. Yep. Michael, whatever his name, Mitchell, Mitch, whatever. <laughs> I think calling him Trubisky is enough respect. <laughs> so to me, how good of a coach is Nagy? That's the question. I know he's a good scheme guy. Is he a good leader of men? I'm not sure. Nothing tells me he is. Nope. I guess the fact that no one's beat up Trubisky yet, maybe. <laughs> so to me, that's the whole point. But isn't it weird that if we thought for sure that this was like a Belichick situation, we'd be on the Patriots, right? doesn't matter who was quarterback. We'd be thinking two straight disappointing losses. Oh, here yes. Is even more the reason they're going to be ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Great coaches off one loss tend to cover. Off two losses, they cover more. Yeah. That's a good way to tell a great coach. How, it, how do they mm. do as an underdog? How do they do with extra rest? or certain situations a great coach excels. Andy Reid. Yep. I don't know how Nagy's going to do in this spot. I don't know the dynamic in the locker room. I don't know. Cleo Mack might be thinking, I'd be better off with the Raiders. <laughs> right? I mean, who, yeah. are, we, are we sure? What's your power rating say Raiders or Bears? We got the Raiders at minus two and a half. And we got Chicago right in the middle, zero average team. Hmm. Tell you, give me three on the neutral. I make a major bet on the Raiders. So I don't know. I can't play the Bears, though, because I think it's too big of a question. I think it's a high-variance game. Agree. Just like London. But you guys <laughs> talked me off. Boy, if, I tell you this, the Bengals oh, have and win. We'll uh, never hear the end of it. No, you'll hear the end. Like all the stuff I could. When's the last time I talked about the, the famous Ramadan feast bet? You guys bring it up more than me. Yeah, that's true. I just let the truth. I just let the truth speak. Well, we were part of it, so you weren't part. You were listening to me yeah, that's true. in rapt attention. Yeah, with with fawning eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> now, I, was, I was thinking of like uh, I, I won't mention it. <laughs> next game. Uh, next game, we're gonna go Seattle at Atlanta. No market line on this game, but the contest says Seattle is six and a and half And it's about Ryan. What's yes. his worth? Ryan is worth four and a half points. How can he be worth Who, that many? Well, Matt, he had a really good year. Yeah, Matt Schaub, who is terrible, but somehow led his team to an impressive touchdown drive at the end of the Rams game. So you have you finished this whole project where you're splitting out the quarterback? I have not completed how much the backups are numerically okay, but, are all but you worth. actually have right now the split out. Because here's the thing we've been thinking about. You've got a power rating. Fez puts out, in my opinion, the best power ratings from a Vegas perspective. Well, really, Vegas perspective just means no BS. This is about the truth, right? not media, not friends, not whatever. Because the more I get into the media or have experience, the more I see that it's about someone slighted someone at some party three years ago, so they're waiting to kill them you know, on the, on the radio. It's like, ah. Oh. Cold cash over hot takes, baby. And we thought about it. And we said, okay, what makes up a power rating? Offense, defense, okay. Special teams, it's tough for most of the teams to even assess. But you can assess this year, I think. I guess it's not as predictive. But I think Football Outsiders does three parts, defense, four parts, parts offense. Offense, one, special teams. 
Thanks. And Green Bay played the Raiders. So <laughs> I guess I did say, <laughs> I guess I did say, I, I think. So that makes sense. You were jumping when I maybe paused. So <laughs> no, I'll take it, Vez. I'll take No worries. I want to be nice. Very nice. So to me with the Seattle, I, I just think Atlanta is just another team. And, you know, we got, uh, you know, let's make sure we go through this Matt Ryan more slowly. So you got Matt Ryan worth how many points? Right? Four and a half points. And the backup, where do you put the backup in the scheme of things? Matt Schaub, one of the worst backups in the NFL. So I think you're, I mean, if you look at Matt Ryan, it feels like you're undervaluing his season. Uh, I mean, let's just use QB. I haven't looked. I don't have it right in front of me. Brad's looking it up. But what numbers are you looking at that's really jumping out at you that, that you're undervaluing? Because in a way, what, Shaw's what, one, one and a half points worse than an average backup? I would say two worse. All two right. points worse. So now you're saying that Matt Ryan would be worth two and a half points only with an average backup? He's 14th right now in QBR. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that he, I would have bet higher than that, to be honest. So, I mean, maybe – and I know all of it's imperfect. You want to look at passer rating? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say he's number two in passing yards, RJ. He's been putting up monster numbers because Atlanta's been trailing big in a lot of these games. Yeah, but, again, that's us trying to figure out how to take these numbers and make, make them be, not mean what they mean. And, again, I guess maybe that's why QBR is better. It does account for things like situation. Right. And it literally does. If it's third and 14 and you throw a 12 yard in, you don't, it's not a good play necessarily, or it's less than you would think. The old school number, I bet, is better. And I trust the new number more. So the more analytically driven 13 and, and pass rating. Pass rating. All right. But let's even say he's slightly above average. So that's an interesting question. This is where when we actually get the numbers and it's not a mythical list, it's interesting. If you have an average quarterback and an average backup, What's the drop off? Not sure. I'm not sure that's because, that, because, because and, and that's and yeah, my ratings for the backup quarterbacks is what is what's delaying my complete project because it's difficult with a lot of these backups. Well, it shouldn't be all that hard, right? And remember, five thirty eight has a really good Elo method where they're considering a lot of fat. It's not just you know they seem to and they don't reveal everything they're considering. But to me, when I was eyeballing the the quarterbacks with less throws where there wasn't a lot of data, the ELO seemed to be more on my instincts than anything. You mm-hmm. might want to take a look at that as, as a guide. All right. So my thought is Ryan's worth more than that. I know he's worth more when you consider the team reaction because I thought this team might be giving up anyway. Then I thought, well, the Rams are going to have one last stand. Well, maybe they did. If he's out, who in the heck's going to – who, I mean, what I'm saying is who's going to be ready to really put their nose in a pile and not make business mm. decisions, right? Yeah. I mean, their greatest friend might be Pete Carroll, the head coach, because, I mean, you can quote-unquote say Dan Quinn. If there's one going to be one coach in the NFL that might have forgiveness for Dan Quinn, it'd be Pete Carroll at this the point. The line's three. Well, it's six and a half in the contest. Okay, so it's six and a yeah, half. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If it's within one score, yes. right? It's yeah, never. That's true. It's never. I mean, yeah. If you're looking hmm. this, you know, uh, to say, oh, I think Atlanta's going to get crushed. You want to give me plus money? At, you know, minus twenty one. You know, or uh, yeah, minus twenty one or whatever. Then you could say that's an issue. Yeah. I think right. So, and if anything, it's my belief when you have two coaches that know each other, the better coach has the edge. Good right? point. So. Yep. 
Quinn Belichick Morf- against his disciples, former assistants. Nick Saban in yep. college against his former. He assistants. knows all your moves. Yeah, you don't know all his. Good point. That's like me and Faz. RJ wins again. It's like me and Faz. Is is the more I get to know him, the more vulnerable he is. Yeah, you sense that, don't you? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying, as much as I hate, I don't think Seattle is any good. All right, let me start there. I don't think Seattle is any good. I get it. Everyone thinks I'm wrong about it. Well, last week I think we saw a little flavor. We'll see though. We'll see. But I said it last week before the game, right? Yes, Brett? you did. National Multiple radio times. I said, you think you're, everyone's telling me, oh, RJ, you were wrong about Seattle. Well, just wait. And you know something? If I'm wrong at the end of the year, 16 games isn't enough. Right, Fed? <laughs> yeah. Here's what I know about the long run. Well, I suspect in the long run, the story is we all go broke. <laughs> <laughs> the horse racing manifesto. All right. What is the line in the sewer? Is it, is it three? Six and a half. Oh, they all oh, because of the injury. Yeah. Okay. And I make the line four and a half with Ryan and nine with Schaub. Ah, so we might have five. We haven't had any many of those. There was the one I decided to skip that goofy Monday night game against the Jets and Browns. We had a nice week that week anyway, but this is only the second time there's been a real disparity in the line. So the theory is there's a pick either way if we know by Friday. Yes. And are we supposed to know by Friday? I don't think so. Huh. So. High ankle sprain, probably going to be a game-time decision. Hmm, high ankle sprain at his age? <laughs> He's at your age. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game, Brad. The Jets at the Jaguars here. Ooh. Now, I want to set the scene, all right, because we did this for the radio show. I listen to the fan. I do a bunch of ESPN New York. I do three hits with Michael K. one. I do a hit with... Uh, Three guys, including my Saturday host, because uh, we do an hour on Saturday. That's a full hour. But um, oh, I'm having a mental block. What's his? Uh, Chris Canty is his name. Is the NFL guy, not the Saturday guy, who's actually very insightful. I've got my own NFL guy, but <laughs> but I but I would share him with you. That's the difference. Uh, maybe I'm foolish, you know. Maybe Fez is teaching me there's a different way, and I've just been too generous, too giving. Maybe I should hold. Do you think I should hold back from the listeners? No, you never do. I know I don't. I'm saying, have I been foolish not to? No. <laughs> His voice cracked. No, 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 no. But still, I enjoy the fan. I enjoy ESPN New York. And these guys, after the uh, the Sam Darnold, <laughs> after his performance on Monday, this was the morning show on the fan. Why are we wasting our time with this brutal head coach, okay? A failed head coach who was, was fired in the division by Miami, and you couldn't wait to hire the guy. It was like Leon Hess with Richie Kotite. The Eagles fired a guy, and, and Hess can't wait to hire him. What a disgrace. I, I, I mean, the, I, I don't know what else to say. The, the, the last night, and again, Sam deserves to be ripped, oh. ridiculed, everything. Can this coach do something, something. to protect him? Can something. he make any kind of adjustment right. so something. he's not getting blitzkrieged oh. every five seconds? Oh the game plan in this, especially for an offensive genius like Adam Gase, right. was right. abysmal. Yeah. It was pathetic. And now the excuses, I don't want to hear any more Adam Gase excuses. The ones we heard, oh, it's Luke Falk. How could you blame him? Gee golly. Yep. So this idea that the Jets are going to make this big run because the schedule lightens up now, you're delirious. They're laughing at us. I'm seeing ghosts. I'm see- it's the I'm seeing ghosts game, Joe. That's what this yeah, is going to no, be known as. Absolutely right. You're 100% right, bro. 
So, Fez, you actually like this game. Somehow in your five picks, we missed this one. Yeah, I like the Jets. <laughs> Which maybe this is a good sign. Everyone's sowing. When it's difficult to make a wager, uh-huh. oftentimes you should go make ahead and step to the window. All right. So, Darnold, strength of schedule. He's played Buffalo, Dallas, and New England. I mean, that's a pretty darn difficult schedule. Okay, I know. That's a good point, actually. He played terrible against the 1985 Chicago Bears defense, basically. I mean, I really think uh, we ways, all agree New England's very good. Exactly on defense. Exactly, and also on the Jacksonville side, I don't. But, but hold on a second. Mm-hmm. So, how good is Dallas? But I guess he played well in that game. Yeah. So we're saying actually the weakest. Now this is a whole spin, which is interesting, and I don't mean spin pejoratively, like I usually would. You're saying that the weakest defense Darnold has played is the Dallas Cowboys, and he excelled in that game. As a seven-point dog, they won. Yes. Against Buffalo, who could be the second-best defense, he did pretty well. They were in command of the game most of the way. Though fake Fezzik would say they were down in the turnovers made it where the Bills, it was amazing the Bills came back, right? Fair enough, but I can't blame the starting quarterback when you're up 16 to nothing late in the well in the approaching the fourth quarter and to lose the game that's on the defense not on the quarterback. Well, or you can get one more field goal yeah that's true but <laughs> still but still not a bad performance i mean after that game remember now what was the talk entering this patriots game the talk was Darnold's well, back. Yeah, the uh, fuck. We was, were so impressed. He came back from Mono. You know, Mono can kill you. He wore a flap jacket like Dan Pastorini. Yep. <laughs> Steelers just beat the hell out of him. And, you know, and now one bad game against a great defense. And let's be candid. If there's any, I said this to Michael K, and they were like, you know something? It was the end of the hit last week. I go, what is the dynamic with the Jets and Belichick at this point? They hate him. They hate him. Okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Belichick hates the Jets. All right. That's what I'd heard. But they go, you know, though, he seems to support Adam Gase in a weird way. So I think maybe if it was a blowout situation, he won't, you know. And I'm like, you know, I think he respects Gase. And I said, or he wants nothing more. I call this the Marvin Lewis scenario. As a Steelers fan, I wanted, though it's turned out pretty well, the coach they hired, I wanted Marvin Lewis there till the end of time. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't want to do nothing to disrupt that. Belichick obviously has Gase's number, right? I mean, we can talk about the one game in Miami or whatever. Okay. That that's more about Miami. It doesn't feel like that's a Gase thing. Belichick is I just don't get a sense he's gonna be real supportive of someone in his division unless he has an agenda. So my thought is he doesn't want Gase fired no matter what they mm. do. Fair enough. <laughs> They were like, you know, that makes sense. They got worried all of a sudden. They were all happy. (laughs) They did. Like, if Belichick wants him here, we don't want him here. (laughs) But wasn't the narrative after is, oh, my God, Darnold's on his way, baby. Right? Yep. Yep. And it's one game, and exploiting a young quarterback is what Belichick does. And he got into Darnold's head. His mechanics were all messed up. And half of his passes, he was falling backwards and just catapulting them forward for interceptions. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Ghost. Ah! <laughs> That's funny. You know, we might want to clip that one. <laughs> Mark that down. Tell Sleep to click that or clip that one up. So maybe there is value. What's your power rating say? Because here's the whole thing. If the Jets have gotten cheap, this doesn't feel. What was the look ahead in this game? 
it was not available. Be I'm trying to figure out why. I'm showing a look at a four and a half. Why do I pick? So it was four and a half. Yeah, and that's at the uh, that's at the Hilton. Yeah, and my power ratings make it five and a half. So the theory is this is boy. I thought. I mean, I don't get it. Jacksonville was at home laying two and a half to the Saints. We had to hold you back from the window, correct or not? Correct. And now they're six, but apparently they were four and a half recently. Like literally, you know, I see the opener for, I guess it would have been before the Monday night game. So really what we're saying is we're getting a Monday night adjustment. Because I, I think you'd say at four and a half, you don't think that's cheap. What, what, what's your line? I don't want to hear your power ratings line. I want to hear your line. Five. All right. So you're taking the plus six. Because it should be five. Yes. So at five, that says that the Jets are two and a half points better than the Saints. What's your math say on your power rating? <laughs> yeah, that the, was four and a half. I just double checked. Oh, at the Westgate last yep, week. Okay. Yep. One second. So the Saints are two and a half better than an average team, and the Jets are five points worse than an average team. I think seven that, and a half apart. Okay. So that means somehow here it's saying two and a half. What's going on? Well, I misvalued the Saints by a significant margin. Well, the whole market did. Yeah. Right? But how much? What I'm saying is I don't see how this is expensive. Like, the implication here is the line should be five. So how much did you misvalue the Saints? And what factor are we putting? Two points? Couldn't have been more than that, could it? For what? Did you misvalue the Saints? Maybe the game should have been pick yeah. them or whatever. It's still two and a half points off, right? Right. So how's the value on the Jets? I'm saying if Jacksonville, they dominated Cincinnati. That's all you can do. Right? You play a bad team, you mm-hmm. dominate them. Right? So the Jags haven't gotten any worse. Nope. I mean, they, I guess you could make them worse after the game they lost to the Saints. I don't know. But it just I, I can get this line being right. I can't get this line mm-hmm. being short. Can you know, you? you know, it's just the trend line on Minshew. The stash has had two straight games where he's thrown under fifty percent completions. We're talking. We're saying the Cincinnati game was a bad game. No, it wasn't a bad game, but he was inaccurate in the game, and it's the second straight inaccurate game. He's missing receivers. Okay, but it, the Saints might have the you know second best defense in football, right? Yes. So we don't want to overreact to that one. I mean, I know still you could have gotten points with them, mm-hmm. and we refused. But did we have Jacksonville the other way? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You've been enough with the Saints, dude. I hear you. <laughs> Except this was more my fault. I just didn't want to lose. I felt like I was going to be so chagrined if Chicago won by 20. I just felt like they were in a roll. I, I am as bl- to blame on the Bears. So... Really, what you're saying is you, you're not betting this game. Like, um, we forced five picks. Yeah, this, this, this was my fifth one in. That's, yeah. There's a reason why when you ask me, who do you like, Fez, early in the show, and I didn't include this one. Well, it wasn't a choice. You just, your, your headache-addled mind, you, <laughs> you, you missed it, right? Yes. Go ahead, Fe- Brad. No, I was just double. Any thoughts on this game? No, I got none. You got nothing on the whole game. Well, I lean with the Jets. Why? Well, I'm seeing similar to what Fez has with Minshew, and here are the stats to back it up. I mean, the last two games for him, I mean, he's supposed to be getting better as a starter. 14. Well, first off, that's not often the case. Remember all the love for these guys? What did I say? Let the league get a little tape on them. Fair enough. All right. Terrible performance against the Saints. I understand the Saints have a good defense, but a 14 QBR in that one. But against a hapless Cincinnati team, 
A 28 QBR? That's I not just, great. I just wonder, when you win the game as easily as they did, how do we know what they, were, they weren't practicing plays at the end that he was having trouble with? I have no idea. It's Fair just enough. hard to critique too hard. But I guess it's the numbers are the numbers. But did you watch the replay on that game? Yeah, it was actually a close game until the very end. I think Jacksonville. What? Yeah, Jacksonville was like only up, I believe, four points in the fourth quarter, and they got a pick six, I believe, on the defense, and that's what opened it up. So you mean the Bengals being the Bengals? The Bengals were the Bengals. It was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. I tell you this. I, I can see not playing the Jags. I can't fathom thinking that this is somehow super expensive. That's that's the only thing, especially because this is the same Jacksonville team that was just laying to the Saints. I mean, not that long. And they all they did since they lost that game was dominate or win a game handedly, however you want to characterize it. All right, next game. We're going Arizona at New Orleans. Now, this one's interesting. Fez, would, how would you characterize Arizona's performance this year relative to expectation? Exceeded expectation. By significantly. Fr- significantly. Brad has his bet under five and a half on Arizona, right, for the season win total. Yes. You would think that Giants win was the key for him. I mean, that's a game they were dogs in. The fact that the uh, Arizona won, the Giants didn't win, not the Giants win, the Giants game, really puts him in a bad spot, wouldn't you think? Oh, you yeah. would you would think that, but the numbers I don't think are the numbers don't bear that out. How so? Well, it turns out Arizona has three. So wait wins. a minute, do you have McKenzie's research there? Yes, McKenzie, get on, Mike. Yeah, we're gonna a little behind the scenes of the Is R.J. There... Bell. Does Fezzik pay you? Uh, not directly, though. I have benefited from his expert analysis in the past. However, I'll wait for you to answer the question. No. Okay. So why are you sent? I'm trying to bait him into bats and stuff, <laughs> and we're doing research, and you're sending it to him. What you? So he can tell you that it was good research. What? What was the scenario of sending him my research? He asked me. How in the hell did that happen? <laughs> Explain, Fez. No, no, no. McKen- no. McKenzie vol- volunteered. The um, he volunteered this. I had no idea he had done this analysis. So what, volunteered in what way? Explain. He this. walked over and he said, "Give me a gold star." I did. So I used a, your power rating, that, and I used this other power ratings group. And, it took him three tries for. And of I all. took two and a half but, points better just to show what it would take to get this to six. So that's interesting. So everything that I told you to do, though, when you did it differently the first time, I repeated how to do it, and then me trying to figure what variance it would take. You didn't mention that you and I worked on it? No, I, I mentioned it. We were just talking about it. And uh-huh. I said, hey, this is some work RJ asked me to do. He but, didn't ask me directly, but we were just talking about it. I figured. You he know, didn't ask me directly. So he <laughs> asked you telepathically. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. You do know that when you, any mistake's okay, but when you start lying is when the pain comes, right? I'm starting to gather as much. Yes. So he didn't ask you for it. No. Okay. All right. I, but, Fez, I want to know from you is how much credit he gave me in, the, in this work. Oh, he gave you a lot of credit. Because I asked him about, what's this two and a half points? Yeah, and it's like exactly. this. Yeah, it's kind of like that, the movie Big where the guy just says, oh, I'm a prehistoric bug, like out of nowhere. Oh, two and a half points. We'll just add that. We'll figure out what it takes. Well, to he get did it iteratively to, to find out. Right, right. So that's interesting. So, first of all, this would surprise you, right? Oh, yes. Because I've raised, I don't understand how this is. I just don't understand how this is. Well, how can Arizona so exceed expectations early? I get the tie throws things off a little, but it really doesn't. It's because the division's way better than we thought it would be. All right. Well, so the Rams are probably worse. Yeah, the Rams are worse. Seattle's, Seattle's really flat. not any better. San Francisco. All right, one team 
and two teams are worse, right? And Seattle, the Rams are at least as less good or uh, worse than we expected as San Fran's better, right? Yeah, yeah, but you still have to play the 49ers twice. Okay, they but they knew that before the season. No, but what we're else? doing the analysis now. Whoever they played oh, before, but they, have they played the Rams yet? They have no. one game left with the Rams. Oh no, they have both games. With yeah, the Rams. So, they do have. So both. what you're saying okay. makes no sense. What I'm saying is, by everyone's like, Brad was mea culpa in, if that's the way to say it, it. Oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then Ken, who is as stubborn as a mule, and the math isn't yeah. his strong suit. Ken knows the teams, the players, and he goes, I still like it. And I said. Well, let's uh, live on radio. I said, let's bet a thousand. And I think he got freaked out because he was on radio. He didn't want to back down. And and I said, all right, deal, boom. He said, yeah. And and it's like, okay. And then, oh dear, people started thinking on it, and it was like we looked at the games. I'm like, oh geez, I don't know. So in a way, Brad, this makes you seem more brilliant that it could go against. Well, I did that math. I couldn't believe the number. I did you like didn't do the math before the, the before the season. I took oh. what I did. I took C. Well, then why wouldn't you still have the math? Is it why would you? Why didn't you come into the show saying, "Hey, it looks bad, but I think I'm the favorite." You want to bet? <laughs> no. What do you mean no? Because I, all his math was originally based upon spreads that no longer exist. Because yeah, I know. So now, so now you pull out the new line, yeah. the new numbers. Usually, but see, let's look at these numbers. Because to me, this is just you being. I mean, here's the thing about you: you got it against. Kyler Murray, you got it against their, their their failed college coach, and it's just you're not going to let anything convince you. I mean, that seems obvious to me. So right now, Brad, you just do these lines. You haven't memorized these lines. Just do it off the off the gut. Now, we obviously okay. know the current line. Well, I guess this week we don't need to guess the line, right? The Saints-Cardinals is 11, right? Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Okay. So Fezline says eleven. That's you know. So we were going by that to whatever degree, or or to a to a, de- yeah. a significant degree. Okay. So Cardinals, 49ers, It's in Arizona. Gut feeling. Uh let's. Do- Jeez, you got to give a number. Eight. All right, six and a half. So okay, you're saying it'd be higher. Yeah. Cardinals, Tampa Bay, and it's at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay three. Yeah. See, this line's crazy. He's got Bucks five. Okay. That's too high. All right, Cardinals, 49ers, and this is at San Francisco. Uh, San Fran, 14. 12 and a half. Okay. Oh, God, I might be screwed here. I, You know, hey, everyone, no one no, – we're going to see if there's any loyal people here, right? Because this is the NFL one. I'm going yeah. to call Ken early tomorrow, and I'm going to say, listen, I know it was the heat of the moment. Let's do 200. So we got yeah. – because I don't like this at all. <laughs> We'll see what happens here. <clears throat> or it could all be just a trick. I want Ken yeah. to get confident. I don't know. Rams at home against the Cardinals. Rams at oh, home. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, check that. The Cardinals are at home. So Arizona, ho- I'll do it like this. Arizona hosting the Rams. Uh, Rams six. Four and a half. So every game, holy cow. So at, at Fez's numbers, which by some crazy reason seems like there's cheap at least based on your opinion says the marginal wins here is going to be 2.41 you just you know take this uh, chance to win the game uh so if you have a 12 a 13 percent chance to win the saints game they get 0.13 wins yep how can this be maybe i don't know 
I thought it was one of the. I, that's why I bet it, RJ. I thought it was no, one no, of the no, worst no. season wins. If you thought that was the case, you would have came in with confidence on the radio show. You got me shook sometimes. Why? I didn't even say. I said, yeah. Brad. I said I didn't make any case. I said, boy, it looks like you're catching. You're you're hot under the collar. Because I am this, a little bit. What what I'm saying is, is I never made any great case yeah. that you were in a horrible spot. Yeah. I was saying they've really exceeded expectation. What do yeah. you think? And you were like, I don't. I think I'm not in a good spot. Yo, Pittsburgh's coming up. Pittsburgh's not as good as expected. I, Cleveland's not as good as so expected. So what we're saying is, it wasn't that I talked you off your yeah. point. You, I was weak. You were weak because you didn't yeah. believe it. Because I offered yeah. you a bet even after Ken. I said, you want to jump in for more? And I you said, go, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. Right? Yep. So this should be. This should just reinforce it to you if you feel strong. First off, it doesn't matter. Let's say I'm right 70% of the time with you, which I probably won't be, especially the things you're going to bet. You're more selective, right? Let's say it is 70, though, which it won't be. It's still going to be a lot of honest disagreement, which is helpful, right? Just saying, oh, RJ's saying it, so we can't go against. No, I encourage it, right or wrong. Have I ever said don't go against me? No, never. Because I encourage it. You want it. I don't want fake. You know, I want genuine disagreement if it's there. Yep. If that's correct, have I ever said don't go against me? Well, I want you to because it helps my, <laughs> my, my cash flow. There's info flow and then there's cash there flow. There you go. But isn't this mind-blowing? You know what? I, if you can, when you get a little extra time on the weekend, you're watching the games, like, let's figure out what happened here. Because I hear you, 49ers are better. But how much better? Right? And how, well, we can look. How much have the Rams been upgraded this year or downgraded? And how much has San Fran been upgraded? Oops. Yeah, so take a minute with that. Let's go to the next game. Oh, well, we didn't really dig into this one. So I guess the question, uh, Brad, why don't you give your handicap there? Because we got to talk to Feds about the whole adjustment for Drew Brees. Yeah, I mean, that's the issue for me. I do lean with New Orleans here because. So what's the, the, the super contest line? Ten and a half. Okay. And looking at it, maybe I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to be, I, I would consider myself. I wouldn't say I'm so anti-Arizona at this point. Certainly not like I was at the start of the season. But I go back to RJ. Who have they beaten? That's why there hasn't been a significant upgrade for Arizona. And and even in Fez's power ratings, they've beaten three teams that are combined 3-18, and 18, Cincinnati, Atlanta, and the Giants so far. So I don't think it's been. Well, a- I mean, here's what I know is they were, uh, it was what, pick them or so in the Cincinnati game? They were on the road. No, they're three-point dogs. At Cincinnati? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that's before they were just so bad. Yeah. So, and you had like a first half in that, right? Yeah. Okay. So. They're catching two against, I think, Atlanta. I mean, there's some, I mean, we were debating that you thought they were the second. I mean, you thought they could be the second best, worst team in football. Exactly. And they're clearly not. And so by definition, they're not going to be, or I guess uh, when you win three games as an underdog, it's hard to say you're not doing better than expected, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't lose any games. They're undefeated as a favorite. Yeah, they, they zero been for a favorite. zero. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So that's exceeding expectations. Yes. What's been the adjustment on the Rams? Rams were two and a half point downgrade from the beginning of the year. And what's the upgrade on San Fran? San Fran four point upgrade. All right. And I guess Seattle, you still upgraded, even though you think they're overvalued. Right? Actually, half point downgrade from the okay. beginning. Still, though, there's a net positive. Net, yeah, slight pause. And so to me, the question is that Rams seem a lot worse than that, right? You're saying two and a half points. So maybe, <clears throat> but that's only two games. Yeah, I got to get off this bet somehow. I'm fine with, I don't want the whole thousand exposure on this, but it will be. I don't know, though. Ken could blow up. 
hit you with a chair. Yeah. Hit me with a chair. The I mean, largest it, arms to ever enter <laughs> Cold's gym, daddy. Exactly. <laughs> so what's your thinking, Fess? I lean Arizona, and here's the research I did on this. Why is Arizona playing better on offense? I'm going to make the case it's about Kyler Murray running more. His first four games, he averaged four and a half rushes per game. Last three games, 10.3 rushes per game. We know it's difficult to stop a running quarterback. Well, Kyler Murray hasn't done all that well running the ball the last two games. But one thing that I see, the eye test and the numbers back this up now, he's getting open receivers short routes because what's happening is the defense is coming up to stop him from running. His first four games, he was completing 62% of his passes. The last three games, 67%. So, uh, much more accurate in his passing the last three games, along with him running more. Forgetting the win total, we got to give Kingsbury some credit here, right? Absolutely, we do. I mean, I was a skeptic. I was certainly. And how could you not be? His own alma mater fired him. They gave him an extra year or two because they generally liked him. But when you're 13 and 35 in the Big 12 against anybody not named Kansas, I, I mean, how can you predict future success at the NFL? Nobody wanted him as a college head, head coach. Hmm. Fez, last question. What This line of 10.5, what does it assume? Is it assume Breeze? Does it assume Bridgewater? What? It assumes Bridgewater. Now, Breeze has said he would like to play on Sunday. So and- you don't think there's any. So what's your adjustment if Breeze plays? It would be three points if Breeze was 100% and not rusty. Okay. So what's your adjustment if Breeze plays? Point and a half. Okay. A point and a half. So, and you think this line assumes. He doesn't play. Correct. So isn't a free roll to play it now at ten and a half? Because if he does play, a right, point and a half maybe isn't enough to overcome. And you think the odds of him playing just right? Like, what would you put the odds at? Slightly less than fifty percent. Like that's like thirty three percent actually. It just doesn't make sense to me. They got a, they're a significant favorite here, and they got a buy on deck. Why would you bring him back now? Well, first of all, it's his decision, yeah, right? True. I mean, but I guess Payton could you know smooth it over. I think he's worried about Bridgewater. If you look at the trend lines. You got to give Bridgewater credit. This guy's—I don't know what he was. He—he he probably was better than we thought. He's certainly better now than he was five games ago. Yep. Wouldn't you agree, Fess? Oh, absolutely. All right, two games left, and the last game is going to be Fez's derivative. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah. So we got Carolina at San Francisco here. I'll lead it. I got to lean on San Francisco. This is an easy handicap for me. I just imagine quarterback Kyle Allen. We like to call him. RJ came up with this nickname. RJ's really good at nicknames. RJ's really good at a lot of things. Flipper. So I just thought. Now you, you know, you're giving me all these compliments. So it makes sense that you bagged off of, of standing up today. Yeah. Like you're making it seem like it only made sense to do what you did. Yes. Uh huh. You get me. This guy gets me. <laughs> so the first thing I came flipper versus that San Francisco defensive line with all those studs. I, he's a fumble waiting to happen by the. I mean, speaking hey, what's of fumbles, the fumble numbers, six fumbles. He didn't have one in the last game. So one game without a fumble. Yeah. Celebration. No, I think more regression towards the mean against the San Francisco team. Let's I want to get Fez's thoughts, but I want you to line up all the I want to read the, the game three on from Carolina. You got it right in front of you. No, go ahead, Fez. You're a handicap first. Yeah. So San Fran elite defense. They've held every opponent to 20 points or less. And the only team to get 20... Why are you talking like a computer? And the only team to get 20 was your Pittsburgh Steelers, and we know that was because of the five turnovers that they did so. And here's what's even more impressive. San Francisco's D has held their last four opponents to that opponent's lowest yardage of the year. 
So think about this. You play seven games. Well, the game you play against San Francisco is the game you have your worst production. That likely means that Carolina is going to struggle big time to move the ball. I think that the monsoon, we had, we were laying nine and a half with the 49ers. The monsoon, I think that. 49ers look good in that, in, that, in that game, even though they didn't cover. Yeah, I think the 49ers in good weather would have won. Uh, final score was 9 nothing. Let's multiply by, let's triple the scoring. Mm. Oh, 27 nothing, right? Yeah, I don't, th- yeah, it didn't feel like Washington was going to score. And did you see after the game, they gave the game ball to his dad? Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you'd have had a, a nice field conditions, they would have tried to spread it out a little bit. Yeah, it was. Uh, and here's the thing my thought was the 49ers, I think they're a little underrated. I think Carolina's a little underrated. I mean, let's look at these games. Yeah, so uh, with Kyle Allen as a starter at Arizona, 38-20. Pretty impressive. At Houston, 16-10. to That was as a dog. And we remember we had Houston that game. I mean, that's a tough, that's a good win right there. Yep. Jacksonville at home, 34-27. Uh, Jacksonville would have been in London, right? Nope. Tampa Bay's in London. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Yep. So g- give me that game again. Yeah. Oh, that was the one I saw... Uh, Minshew, like, trying to shot put the ball 30 yards. Yeah, left-handed. Yeah, yeah like okay. a girl, yeah. And then uh, London uh, against Jameis Turnover, 37-26. And now, as uh, and again, I like to give credit. I don't like to steal and such, fetch, but as uh, McKenzie, who's learning some bad habits from you, <laughs> came up with and first discovered that I've heard the whole buy situation on the road. Yep. So it just feels like a great spot for the mm. Panthers. You know they're energized. You know the sense is whatever Cam, not Cam, it's like we're, they're in the playoff hunt. I mean, there's just no way around it, right? Yeah. And I think Riverboat Ron's a pretty good coach. It's hard. I mean, I, I think 49ers are underrated. I think Carolina's underrated. I think the spot goes with the Panthers. And in a weird way, if we're right that this was such an emotional game for them, mm. Is there a little, not a letdown, but maybe just a little rung out, right? Monday night, then to the Rams, mm. then this game that feels flat but is emotional. And now and of all those games, this is the least important, at least it seems to them. That's a great point. Right? That's a really good point. So I don't like Carolina, but, and again, who knows? All we can do, we're trying to hit 55%. That's it. One game, one more Fez best bet left, and our gal. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. The Ghost Conjurer. <laughs> Belichick, Patriots, home, 13. 13 point favorites. Browns. I'm guessing Belichick doesn't like Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying, doesn't <laughs> Who feel does? like. It, well, I think his teammates do. I mean, he's the. I I feel like that it's a Freddie Kitchens issue. So, Fez, let's start with your derivative bet. So, the derivative bet is the Cleveland team total to go under sixteen and a half points, and this one's easy. The New England defense has given up three touchdowns all year long. That's against seven teams. Let's go ahead and. Look at their schedule. Not against seven teams, seven games. Seven games, correct, because they two against the Jets. Thank you. So let's think about this. If their opponents are only averaging three-sevenths of a touchdown, even if it's a cupcake schedule, all right, we'll go ahead and let Cleveland do better, significantly better. Hey, more than 200% better. We'll give Cleveland a touchdown. 
Even so, they kick a field goal or two. Come on. I mean, one thing we know is, I mean, I might agree with your pick, but that's a disingenuous handicap, right? Is to me, if you believe this is the truth of the Patriots, they're the best team ever. Like if, if if this defense is that good, so we don't take a very very low number and double it like we're being generous. Fair, fair, fair enough. Typically, what is a typical uh, points yielded by a, a really good best of the year defense, best team, number one defense? Typically, they're going to yield sixteen. What? Okay, elite, tremendous defense. All right, so let's say that that's the Patriots. Now, are the Browns above average or below average offense? They're below average. By what degree? What's the DVOA say? Brad, you look that, or you got it. On offense, you got it? Yes, one second. All right. Because my point's going to be if they are even average, now it feels like we're on the number. 27th. On offense? Yeah. Okay, then I'm starting to hear you. Go. Yes. That's the point. I want to think this through. And I want to talk about the three touchdowns the Patriots defense has given up. Buffalo drove the length. Doesn't matter, does it? Well, you tell me. Because do you think they're better? Do you think they're an all time defense? Because here's what we know. Because this sounds good, it's bull though, right? Is how all you got to say is say I think the Patriots are the best defense in football, maybe the best, you know, one of the five best of the century, which would be a great defense, but not anything like what you're saying. Oh, they gave up three touchdowns and they really shouldn't have given those up. Exactly, I expect the so Patriots what is it? to be. Are, do you think they're an all-time, like literally, the best defense of the century? No, I think they're like the best defense maybe we might see every four or five years in the All NFL. Right. And what, how many points do you think that defense gives up on average? 16. All right. So now the question is, there's a chance or a little. I don't think they're worse than that, meaning I think they're at least that good. I agree. Now, the flip side is they might be saying, RJ, let them talk. Well, let's talk about the strength of schedule against opposing offenses. We did it. DVOA, there's no one better than 20. Yeah, they're all, they're all horrible. Horrible. So that's big. Right. It's also that this is pretty much the same team on defense that last year before the Rams game wasn't all that good of a defense, right? Correct. So I get it. Belichick's a little more involved. Who you know? The, but it's hard to go from what was their DVOA last year on D. Maybe Brad, you want to pull that up? You can. No. I will say the best defense last six years: Seattle, 2013-14.4. Yeah, so 16 is really saying something. Yeah, that's very fair. And the question is, is Baker Mayfield any more, you know, is Cleveland better or worse? Because if they're worse and the numbers say they are and you believe that, then that's the pick. Yes. Right? But go ahead. I want you to finish your point about – but what? let me ask you, because people are thinking I'm interrupting. What is the end – let's assume we believe your point about the three TD. What, what does it lead us to? Well, I, I was just wanting to make the point that two of the three touchdowns I'd make the case were broken tackles on really long touchdown plays Holy that were fluky. God. But what is the end result of that? Let's say that you, I said, oh my gosh, Fez, what an amazing point. What do you want me to conclude? Like you're just, trying to convince me of something, right? Just that New England is, is right there with the best elite defenses we've seen the past 15, 20 years. Okay. New England last year, 16 DVOA defense. And how different? Who's the different players? That's the thing. I have gone. I haven't heard it. that thing. You know, they have a shutdown corner in Gilmore. Did they have him last year? They had him last year. He's okay, been so great. No different. It's a moot point. Their other corners are just playing out of their minds, good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they got so much better. Or maybe they haven't. Maybe or maybe they the, haven't. And maybe the so I, what I'm saying is I think the best you can do is say that they're a, a 16 point a game quarterback, or I'm sorry, a defense. Yes. And so. now they're home. 
and they're playing against a below-average offense. I think that's a fair statement. Why is this line what it is, though? I mean, this all seems obvious. Baker's no good. And also it's going to be, well, you know who's going to shut Baker up? Belichick. Justice, baby. You can hear uh, Haystack. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So this feels squared. Not that they're playing a bunch of team totals, but in a way the team totals just derive from the – Right. I mean, let's go through the math of that. So the total 46, right? Steve? Yes. We'll take out the 13. Take away the spread. That's the starting point. So that's 33. Now you divide by two. That's assuming that would be like if it were a pick-em game because we know the market thinks that New England is going to win by 13, so we take that out first. 16.5 divided by two, 16.5. Now you add the 13 back in. 16.5, 13 is 29.5. So the projected score is 29.5 to 16.5. So the total's right on. I guess the question is, it just feels like I guess 17 is a key number, right? And really the, the difference in scoring is going to be, is this, how much better is this than 14 and a half, I guess? Are we maybe getting tricked here that four, 15 and 16 are dead for a team, right? That, yeah, that's a great point because you're going to lose by half a point a lot more than you're going to win by half a point or a point. So in a way, it is just imputed out here. But it's actually imputing out in a weird way that you think they'd be adjusting for in the money line, right? Like, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. when the, I mean, you know, a, 10 times more about this, but if it comes out where the line's going to be like uh, my, one point, one and a half points in the quarter of the split, the fact you're under three, they, they make you pay for that, right? I mean, like, there's all kind of considerations. Right. Because even though on average you would lose by a point and a half, you're going to lose by zero so often that you've got to pay a premium if you're catching an extra half or plus one and a half. If this line went up to 48, the total, there's no way you're getting a 7. I love it at 17, but aren't you playing this aren't you playing this effectively at 14 and a half? And in the math of it says this total could be significantly less and it would still impute out. Cuz yes, because yes, that's a great point. So if the total was only 44, you're essentially going to get the same number. You're mm-hmm. getting under 15 and a half. But is this usually what the case the way they do it on the team total cuz we can yep. exploit it if it is. Yes, they just do the math like you just laid out. They don't adjust for the key numbers. Ooh, that sounds like something we should be looking into, yeah. right? Anything that's fallen in this range, mm-hmm. if you like the oh, and something that's 17 and a half, you like So anything at 17 and a half, you look at the under and from 14 and a half to 16 and a half, you look at the, or more towards the 16 and a half, you look at the over. Yes. Wow. That's a gold star. Do it. All right. But Steve, I, I hear how advanced you are on so many, and I know you've got a headache today, but this is something you hadn't contemplated before? I've never contemplated this before. Have you thought of this, Brad? No. Hmm. It just seems like a key number because to me, I usually listen. I give you guys a ton of. It seems like like kind of one hundred and one is you got to when they start doing these divisions because it's it's either a portion of the game or only one of the scoring. They seem very cognizant of. I guess they're all freaked out about when the lines around pick them. They're very cognizant of it, right? Because right. the whole idea that like a quarter line can be uh, minus a half effectively is a huge line because a tie happens so much in a quarter, right? Right. So they are more in around three. They're obsessed, rightfully so, about three, like we are. So it feels like maybe here, and it's not liquid enough for them to worry about, I guess. Yeah, and I know on the first half, number 20 is so important that they have, the bookmakers have finally figured out they've become obsessed knowing, hey, moving on or off a 20 is very dangerous. So many first halves land 20. 
And I'm not saying even play this blind, but I'm saying if you even have a lean and, and it's over 16. So does this cause you to come off this? Yes. I am concerned oh. big time about the fact. I, I love what you're saying. Hey, you know, if this total just went up by a point and a half or two points, you'd be getting 17 and a half. And, well, that's even better, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but now, like you said, if the total went down two more points, I'm still basically do getting the market really, number. Do we really believe if it went up two that this baby's going to 17 or Oh, five? absolutely. They just do the math. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. Maybe we should edit this. Wait, we don't do yeah. edits. We don't hold stuff back. We only edit in, uh, I guess, unavoidable, if we're inserting, Tay, unavoidable situations. So, uh, this was good. This was meandering in a way. It wasn't long, long, but here's what we're going to do, Steve. Next week, actually, the dude who does our write-ups, you know, he's the head guy. He's in Vegas next week. He's going to come in and listen to the pod live. Oh, wow. Yeah, and if you haven't checked out his write-ups, I retweet them all the time, at RJ in Vegas. But they do what? About 10, 12 pages on the pod, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's yep. like a four-man effort. Yep. We got to live up to that. So we're going to actually have, and hopefully, Brad, you can join us. We're going to have lunch with him before and all that. But we're going to start getting together earlier because what happens is, quite frankly, it is now 9.15. It's been a long day. I think we lost our energy at the end. I think starting next week, we got to be fully, pre- I mean, I'm not talking about prep like our handicapping. I'm saying we all have, you know, at least you and I, because Brad isn't, you know, he helps, but it's not like we, uh, I mean, we'd love to have you, but, you know, you're very, Wednesday's tough for you because you got your, uh, you do a lot of writing beforehand yeah. and stuff and you don't, sleep, you know, you didn't sleep last night, literally, not, not even 45 minutes. No. So thank you. Seriously. Yeah. That's dedication. And. If we are lined up, Fez, and we know our, you know, thinking the best bats and all that, we can start right after the SOV, and then we're done by seven, and the energy's up. So I think there was some good stuff in here. Our goal is to do some stuff before the radio show. So next week, oh, you know something? We got an Esler sound with Esler and Sleepy, too. So we'll tack that at the Esler, because Esler was in town. By the way, guys, I'll let you go, but last thing. The, the the college pod yesterday was as good as it's ever been. Esler was here, and it was Brad most betting ever. Yeah, most but most actionable podcast we've ever had on the fake Fezic came in strong. Yeah, he did. Well, he's up against it. Yeah, well, he doesn't care. Yeah. It's not his money. His yeah. the overlord's money. Yeah. he's like some kind of a golem or something. It's like a weird conjuring. God, that's funny. <laughs> and. <laughs> And I swear to God, I've never had a moment with Steve of recognition. I see his eyes light up if I, you know, if he, if I say something smart or something, or for something he can make money from. This was at a personal level. It's like, oh my gosh, you understand me better than anyone. And oh man, I don't like the sound of this. Was that a fair? Yes, and I'm, <laughs> I was going to do a Gollum impression. And I thought you you have a Gollum impression? No. You know, we'll tease to that one yeah. day in the future. No, actually, we can't. Go ahead. Yes, my precious, my birthday, my birthday presents to my precious. I want to sit back. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I just had an out-of-body experience. Yeah. I mean, what more could I say? Check out the college yeah. pod, and uh, th- this may be Fezzik's last podcast, because I don't think they'll let in an institution, will they let us come in with microphones and stuff? <laughs> See you next week. All right, Sleepy J on the NFL Dream Podcast. Well, why not? Uncle Dave's here, and uh, you guys get to listen to me and Uncle Dave quite often together. But now, 
you guys are going to get Uncle Dave's best bet. Uncle Dave, who do you like on Sunday? You know, Sleepy, and you and I talked last night, and you told me not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I, I like the Saints minus nine and a half. Not every book has this number up, but about half of them do, and obviously that's in anticipation of Breeze playing or not. But, you know, to me, if he plays, I think that's probably about a three-and-a-half-point adjustment. Um, and as long as we're under two scores, I don't care. You know, I know what Arizona's done lately, and because they've won three straight, that should make the chance of New Orleans overlooking them that much more less likely. And those three wins, Falcons, Bengals, and Daniel Jones in a driving rain. Why doesn't it matter who's under center for New Orleans? Because they might get Kamara back. If not, Murray ran for 119 yards against the Bears. And speaking of defense, Arizona is 29th in yards per play, 28th in points per play, and that's against the fourth worst strength of schedule. Sleepy, the Saints are 18-4 and at home the last three years. I think Sunday it's 19-4 and and by more than enough to cover. So I like the Saints minus the points. I'm not going to give a best bet, but I'll tell you one of the bets that I really like this week, the Saints over. I think Arizona, you know, has been slowly getting that offense together, putting up a lot of points, and we know their defense is bad. They're going to go on a road here. Again, probably not the greatest of spots, but I think New Orleans will get their points. If Breeze does come back, does the New Orleans defense let up and say, oh, our, our savior's back? And if that is the case, then I really like my over. Arizona's defense, Uncle Dave, and we talked about this so many times, just not all that good. So, guys, that is Uncle Dave's best bet. He's going to go ahead. He's going to play the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.